Professional wrestling, in the popular sense of traveling performers paid for mass entertainment and stage matches, began in the post-Civil War period in the late 1860s and 1870s as traveling circuses grew in popularity. Grand circuses included wrestling exhibitions, which were quickly enhanced through colorful costumes and fictional biographies and rivalries created for entertainment, disregarding the sport's previously competitive nature. Through the 1930s and 40s, the public interest in professional wrestling grew, and hungry for larger crowds, small wrestling promotions created fierce competition with one another, often stealing talents and invading enemy companies to win over fans. With interpromotional matches occurring nationwide, all promoters were vying for dominance. In 1948, wrestling reached new heights after a loose confederation was formed between independent wrestling companies. It was to be known as the National Wrestling Alliance, or NWA, and marked a turning point in the future of professional wrestling. Following the advent of television, professional wrestling matches began to be aired nationally during the 1950s, allowing them to reach a larger fan basis than ever before. Television ushered in a new era of professional wrestling, changing both the characterization and professionalism of wrestlers. As a result of the appeal of television, creating industry standards and considerable nomenclature such as stables, kayfabes, heels, blading, gigging, and getting color. Wrestling fit naturally into the television landscape as it remains to be easy to understand, dramatic, funny, and full of colorful characters as well as inexpensive to produce. Wrestling declined in popularity due to overexposure into the 1960s and 70s. However, in 1979, the World Wrestling Federation emerged receiving great exposure through its reappearance on network television. The WWWF, later shortened to WWF, expanded nationally through the acquisition of talent from competing promotions, and because it was the only company to air televised wrestling nationally, it became synonymous with the wrestling industry, allowing them to monopolize the industry and the fan base. Meanwhile, the NWA combated declining promotion sales by creating supercards, major promotions comprised of multi-high-level matches or special attractions. In retaliation, WWF created the first WrestleMania, forefronted with lead superstar Hulk Hogan. WrestleMania was a huge success through the 1980s, much due to Hogan. This era of the program is often referred to as Hulkmania. The company grew to stardom into the 1990s with infamous Monday Night programs Monday Night Wars and Monday Night Raw. In 2002, WWF was brought into a trademark dispute with the World Wildlife Fund, which shares the same initialism, and ultimately the company's name was changed to World Wrestling Entertainment, and later in 2011 changed what it is most simply known as WWE. Since the corporation has grown from its primary focus of professional wrestling into a multimedia and entertainment company, WWE Films was founded in 2002 and seen as a natural expansion of the wrestling industry. WWE Studios movies frequently mix well-known actors and actresses in lead roles with WWE wrestlers and teams with existing production and distribution companies to deliver the product at cheaper costs for both parties. And I've got a podcast about it. This week only on Monday Movie Night Raw, we discuss The Condemned. On a remote island, the most vicious form of illegal entertainment. Give me 182. Is about to go online. These contestants were already dead. Each was on death row. After 30 hours, I'll set the last one left alive, free. The players. Ruthless killers. Boom. The game. Stay alive. Game on. The Condemned. Alright. Yeah, what's up? Okay. 
Uh, yo, guys, what's up? Welcome to another episode of Monday Movie Night Raw, the podcast where we talk about WWE studio movies. I'm your host, Miles Messenger Platt. Joining me today is one of my favorite people, Ayana Johnson. Ayana, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Miles. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Uh, this week we're talking about the movie The Condemned. It's a 2007 uh, action movie. Uh, I just want, oh, before we start though, I have an email for the podcast now. I haven't talked about it in the other episodes because I didn't have one set up. It's mmnrpodcast at gmail.com. It's like Monday Movie Night Raw, but the initials. Oh. I, I also have a new cat. Her name's Treasure. She's black and she's in the in the studio right now. <laughs> yeah. Before I, I said that um, this is an unfinished basement, it was actually a lie. Um, this is a full studio with glass, everything, fully padded. Um, try to prove me wrong. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> so, okay. Oh, yeah, also, this is on iTunes now, so you can rate and review on iTunes Podcast. That would make me really happy. Subscribe, to. It's helpful for you and me because we both benefit, and you can see when new episodes come out. This is episode four. Don't know if I said that. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Monday, Monday, Monday. Okay, so the movie was directed by Scott Wiper, and he has a lot of WWE studio credit. He's done like he's he's a popular director with them. I'm I'm guessing. So um, his one big credit is he was in the movie Pearl Harbor. Uh, I don't remember the movie. He played Ripley apparently, but all I remember is Ben Affleck. Did they make you watch Pearl Harbor in history class? Yes. In middle school. Yes, most definitely. I know. <sighs> okay. That movie is historically inaccurate. Yeah. It's just like a blockbuster. Um, romance. It's not really even like I don't know why that's a historical movie that they make you watch in well, middle school. Well, history class is also bullshit. So well, true. Especially like, yeah, when you look back at like what your middle school and high school history class was like, it's like what even was it? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, just a crappy love story. So Scott Wiper um, wrote the script for The Condemned, um, and a lot of people have pointed out that the movie is like a straight ripoff of the Japanese horror movie Battle Royale. Have you heard of it? Mm -mm. Me neither. I didn't know what it was until I was looking into this movie. Um, so it was never released in the States, so that's probably why we never heard of it. Oh, fair. it but it's a really popular movie. It came out in 2000, and it's literally the exact same story. But I, it was like too graphic for it to be released in the U.S. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. So the synopsis, I'll read it to you, and tell me if this sounds fucking exactly the same. 42 ninth graders are sent to a deserted island. They're given... A map, food, and various weapons. An explosive collar is fitted around their neck. Their neck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if they break a rule, the collar explodes. Their mission, kill each other and be the last one standing. Uh, the last survivor is allowed to leave the island. Um, sounds about the fucking same. It's the exact same story. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead and get right up on that microphone. You can even turn it towards you. Right up on it. Yeah, here, just tilt it that way. That's Boom, fine. awesome. Cool. Uh, but yeah, yeah. So it was like, oh yeah. So it's like the exact same story. Yeah. But it's like tweaked in places, like the bomb collars on their neck instead, and the condemned it's on their ankle. Yeah. And which, the neck makes far more sense. I mean, I think I there's a possibility you could survive an explosion on your ankle. This is true. I mean, okay. Ah, in the okay. movie, they're really big explosions. Yeah. So, so it depends on the size of the explosion. Yeah, plus, okay, I was thinking about this. The movie, the Battle Royale movie makes more sense because it's like the government set it up and like put them on this island to be killed. Whereas in this movie, it's like this crazed billionaire that mm -hmm. just goes on this like illegal murdering spree across the globe. 
So it's like, and then gets away with it, pretty much. I mean... He literally goes on national television and says that he's going to do this, and then yeah. they just let him do it. That was my biggest gripe with that movie, anyway. So, yeah. I was... So, yeah, but then at least Battle Royale, it's like, fucking... Yeah, the government could cover something like that up. Right, right. That's what I'm saying. Okay, so... This is something that I didn't really ever think about, but I read it on the IMDb reviews. So this person, Dry Sticks, it's Dry S-T-Y-X. Okay, so they said on March 17th, 2008, uh, they gave the movie a 1 out of 10 stars. So, mm. (laughs) And the title is Bangers, no, Bangs Viewer in Head with Neo-Nazi Ideology. Did you think about that in the movie at all? No. Okay, so they say, Scott Wiper isn't a bit subtle about his Nazi idealism. He bangs you in the head with it. He simply makes a movie in which all dark-haired, dark-eyed women are killed, and all blonde women live. This is all this movie is about. And then he (laughs) says... Right. Okay, but I will say, Bella is a white chick, and she gets killed at the end. Yeah. Fucking hate her. So glad she died. So... Uh, and they say, if he intended to show anything else, he failed miserably due to his predictable and dull pattern. The movie is supposed to be a fight for survival, where everyone must kill each other to stay alive. There are stupid fight scenes and people doing flips. There are people angry for no reason. Nothing makes any sense. That wouldn't be so bad if Wiper wasn't so adamant about, adamant about his Hitler worship. In fact, only a diehard swastika waver could possibly enjoy this one bit. Wiper's perfect little Dr. Mengel world can't be enjoyed by anyone else, and there is nothing to see beyond it. Sorry, but that's just the facts. Facts. <laughs> okay, but I, maybe I agree with him, because he's like, uh, not him, he's the director or whatever, but like mm. his character, Ian Brickell, he's like throwing out the slurs the whole movie, you know? This is true. And he's like goes on this like tyrannical rage, like rant about uh, how he wants like a Quran-bearing, suicide-bombing Arab mm-hmm. on his... Um, we get played in a clip later. Yeah. And um, yeah, so maybe um, maybe Scott Wiper is a little bit of a Nazi. <laughs> and yeah, all the women of color do die in the movie. Yeah. And I, there are, well, as far as competitors, there's no white women even yeah, competing. Yeah, there's just the, the technician, his mm-hmm. His wife. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, she like turns against him yeah. at the end. <laughs> Not to spoil it. Come on, guys. Let's keep it going. Okay. So, cool. That's all I really had to say to introduce the shit. Do you want to just hop right into the movie? Yeah. Let's go okay, for cool. It. We can do it. So, all right. So the movie opens and it's like cool action movie font. It's kind of like, I don't know, like worn or dirty. Like it's like the condemned and it's all like cracked and shit. Um, and then we see the location and it does that thing where it like, it's like, um, I don't know, like, like a spy like movie or something. What yeah. is I don't know. It's like text typing thing. Yeah, yeah, but it, yeah, it's like on a computer. It's like Codename mm-hmm. Kids Next Door. Mm-hmm. You ever watch that show? I used to. Yeah, right, yeah. as a kid. But like the title cards where it's like... Yeah, yeah, So we see the location. It's Drezinki Belarus, and it's Vetersky Prison. I don't know how to pronounce any of this shit. it's Belarus. Oh, Belarus. You knew. It's in Russia. Um... So I feel like, okay, I felt like he just, like, picked the craziest city in Belarus. You know, because it's, like, Dresdensky, I don't know. Belarus, I said. Damn old (laughs) Belarus. Coming on strong. Uh, So, 
yeah, 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 yeah. So it's a prison. We're here. We're there. There's barbed wire. There's guards. We're in it. We're immersed, right? We're feeling it. So, okay, but all the guards look like World War II Nazi officers. They got, do you know what I mean? They look like, like old school up in the beginning of yeah. the movie. And Everything's all beige. Yeah. <laughs> so then, and then there's two dudes where they arrive, two fellers. One of them's got a camera. So um, the guards meet them, and he's literally like, um, Hitler. He like looks like Hitler. I gotta say, <laughs> <laughs> he's like uh, this, I don't know. He's like, got the the fucking old school uniform on. He, he mm-hmm. doesn't have the mustache, but he's got like the black bangs and yeah. everything. He just no, looks like an old dude sure. with black bangs. Just I don't know. But um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I don't know. It's like everybody in fucking Belarus. What is it? Belarus. Bel. Everybody in <laughs> Belarus is like on that like Nazi chic fall nineteen forty five look. Uh, so the guards take the two dudes to an outdoor cell, and there's this really big dude sitting on the ground in the cell. So then they let three more inmates into the prison yard, right? And they start closing in on the big dude, but then he kicks, like, all their asses, right? Real Very good. Um, but one of them grabs him by the face, and then his eyes are, like, gushing blood, and it's, like, super gruesome. He's, like, cutting them up. So then we see foot the footage that we were just watching. We see it on a monitor in the control room, right? And there's this guy with a headset, and he's watching the video, and he's like, I want him. So that's Ian Brackell. Um, it took me so long to, to figure out what his name was. Okay, they because didn't they say it. Like, okay, they call him like so many different things. Yeah, and I had no idea until I saw I had to read it on the screen from like after his interview was aired. Oh, because it's like, yeah, it's interview it. with Ian Brackell, yeah. with billionaire Ian Brackell. <laughs> that's when I knew. Yeah, okay, because the very first time they say his name, Bella's like, Breck. Yeah, and I thought so. I thought his name was Brett for like, <laughs> like half. I thought his name through. was Beck. I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, yeah. And then, well, and then there's Ewan, and then there's Ian. There's mm-hmm. like two. I'm like, all right. If you're gonna write a fucking movie and you can just make up any name you want, why do you name two <laughs> main characters the exact it. same thing? I don't know. Yeah. So it's a mess. Uh, oh, okay. So then he's like, I want him, right? And so then he, we cut back to the prison, and the Hitler guy is like being handed like this mad stack of cash, and it's American money. And <laughs> I'm not saying like that's, I don't know. I just think you'd think if they were in Russia, they'd give them rubles or whatever. Um, so I don't know. Maybe I'm being nitpicky. I guess like, it's the same, right? You can just trade it out. Yeah. So maybe it's easier to launder because it's a different kind of money. Yeah. You just maybe you don't even need to. Apparently, to everyone's just doing whatever they want in this like in universe in this movie. Um. So we're back in the control room, and uh, Ian is he's the director of the show, right? Mm-hmm. We should get that out of the way. Mm-hmm. He says, "Bella, talk to me." Um. Bella's like, sorry. Bella's like, um, new spot, thirty seconds, ready to roll. And okay, did she not look like the composer chick from High School Musical? Oh my god, <laughs> the one that Chill. plays the piano. Yeah, <laughs> literally. <laughs> she's, I know she's got like the fucking hat on, mm-hmm. the, glasses. the glasses. I was like, girl, is that? It looks like her like two years older. I'm yeah. like, girl, is that you? Um, so then Ian's like, cut in a few images of this new images of this new guy. That mug is priceless. So the new guy is, uh, yeah, the one from Russia that they just bought. You know, I guess. Um, Ian's like, Eddie, where are we? Eddie's like, we're hot. How hot? White, White hot. hot. <laughs> <laughs> that was weird. So, yeah. A team is on blogs and chat rooms, and B team is buying up ad spaces. The site is getting 700 views per minute. And I'll say right now, I hate Bella. I fucking hate Eddie. Um, they're both scummy, shitty people. Yeah, you know what are. I mean? Literally, they might even be worse than Ian. You know what I mean? Because they're not even... 
Ian's making the big bucks, right? Yeah, so like really he's crazy. Not shit in terms of the like. They're just nuts. <laughs> they like like yeah, watching. They're, they're like, this is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> they're like creepy. Like yeah. I wonder how much they're even getting paid. Probably like okay, but yeah. not a, not not a mill. I bet. not enough to be <laughs> like, killing everybody like millions. Yeah. But yeah, I don't even know. So, um, oh, the site's getting seven hundred views per minute because they're buying up all these ad spaces, right? So, um, Eddie's like. He says, awareness on porn and fight blogs, 92%. Like, what? Weird. <laughs> it's, yeah, 2007 was a wild time. They had all these porn and fight blogs going on. So Ian's, <laughs> Ian says, I want ads on every sex, fight, and gamer site, which seems to me like the actual demographic that they were like shooting for this movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. The no, condemned for people who like sex and fighting and gaming because mm-hmm. it's literally like all those things mixed into one. Uh, so, yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Then we get like a fun little slur. First slur of the movie. He's like, um, I don't know. What, yeah. So it's like, he says, uh, I want everyone to know about our site. Antarctica, Asia, Africa. There is some Eskimo sitting in his igloo that doesn't know. Find him. Get him. Mm-hmm. Like yikes. You're not supposed to say that, dude. <laughs> so, yeah. And it's just like, kind of, is it supposed to make us like? dislike him more or you think it's just sloppy writing just like i feel like it's just kind of sloppy because at first like i don't know the way he's making like all of his demands it just kind of seems like he's just being a boss man and then he like that kind of is like whipped out out of yeah, nowhere it, yeah so yeah. it kind of like might not phase you quite it yet keeps happening too yeah it's like yeah so and then he says he wants 100 percent awareness across the internet which is fucking impossible That's crazy makes no sense yeah. there, there's always going to be people on the internet on some part of it that aren't going to know about it like mm-hmm. that doesn't even make any sense mm-hmm. so now we're on the island like where the shit's about to go down right so goldie is this dude he looks like fucking ratatata like pokemon like fucking he, or or sure or just like a fucking rodent in general like he's just got this like ratty looking face <laughs> so um he's a skis ball and he's like the director of photography or whatever mm-hmm. i don't know something like that he's filming shit so he's like flipping out to brack <laughs> and he's like uh just so you know we're fucked the show isn't happening mm-hmm. and ian's like talk to me where are we at and Goldie's like, I've got 87 cluster cams rigged and ready and 147 solos with built-in mics plus 60, 70 more. So we got 400 lenses ready to go. And it's like, great. That's quick math. There we go. Um, but Gold- Goldman says that there's uh, still dead spots all over the island. And he doesn't have enough time to show. So he doesn't have enough time. So the show is not happening. You know, mm-hmm. it's fucking. Ian says, improvise, overcome, adapt. Uh, Goldie's like, Ian, this isn't war. It's television. It's much more complicated. I'm yeah, like, that no, was it very isn't, interesting. Right? Like, fucking military technology is like the most sophisticated technology in the world. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, doesn't make any sense. Like, military technology is literally rocket science. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't think TV is like even remotely close to rocket science. The saying <laughs> is, it's not rocket science. <clears throat> anyway, so then the big satellite that's above them, like behind them, starts sparking on the roof, and Goldman is like, don't touch. What did I say an hour, half ago? Do not touch. He called him Mango. Mango? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. It's terrible. And I've missed it. That. Oh, my God. So then Goldie, compl- yeah, and then he complains to Ian, no one on this crew speaks English. Mm-hmm. And he's like, how am I, sp- I'm supposed to run an operation bigger than, okay, so I'll, before I say this, Goldie makes so many stupid references that are just poorly <laughs> written. They make no sense. Okay, so he says, uh, I'm supposed to run an operation bigger than Farm Aid meets We Are the World. 
and do it in sign language. And I'm like, all right, so two things. What does the charity Farm Aid have to do with TV? Like, I don't. I looked them up because I didn't know what that yeah. was. I was like, I'm going to Google this, like, supposed to be funny reference. Mm-hmm. And then they don't, there was no TV thing about them. They were just like, a website. So, mm-hmm. and then he says he's supposed to do it in sign language, and I'm like, sign language comes in men- as many languages as there are languages yeah. in the world. Like sign languages, it's like American sign language. Yeah, ASL. <laughs> no, yeah, literally. And there's, yeah, people. There's Spanish sign language that people yeah. use in the United States. Whatever. So, mm-hmm, moving on. Ian says you can do it because you're the best. So, and I don't really think Goldie is the best. I think he fucking sucks. I, mean, I thoroughly dislike him. He's kind of a ride or die in this. Uh. True. <laughs> he's in it to win it until the end. Dude, and then he gets betrayed. <laughs> betrayed. So, um, Ian, so Ian walks over to his wife, and she tells him that there is a news reporter there, and she's like the Diane Sawyer of this like movie universe. She's like the, she got, she's going to give him all the clout when this shit airs. So, um, real quick, we see Goldie up on the satellite, and he rips a sandwich. Snatches the sandwich from him like a dick. Yeah, I'm like, dude, that guy's trying to eat. (laughs) Like, what? Like, it's hot. It's a jungle. He, like, balled it up in his hand. He's like, he was like, snatches it in his hand. Get that out of your hand. (laughs) Just palms it. It Yeah. Fucked. Yeah. Yeah, just throwing his food away. I'm like, it's hot. He's got to drink water. He's got to eat. You got to be nice to your employees. Like, Mm -hmm. they're your labor force. Like, that's where all your income is coming from, right? So, for God's sake, let the man eat. <laughs> God. All right, so now we're at the interview. Let's take a listen. It's with um, wh- Donna. Donna Summers. It's like the Diane Sawyer of this shit. All right, uh, catch you when we're done listening to it. So, without a major network behind you, how do you plan to broadcast your show? The internet. I've pulled 10 contestants from thoroughbred prisons. Each was on death row. I will free one of them. See, tomorrow I'm going to bring them here to this island where I will give them a fighting chance at a new life. So fight to the death. One lives, nine die. You're airing a live snuff film. (laughs) No, Donna. These contestants were already dead, condemned. I'm allowing one to live. Is that so wrong? It's immoral and illegal. You're a multimillionaire who may become a billionaire producing murder. I'm done with Hollywood. I'm going direct to my audience, worldwide and live. And my numbers will demolish any show on any network this year. Mark my words. Uh, Breck, we have a problem. I like to think of it more as a challenge. We just lost one of our headliners. What do you mean, lost? They shot my Arab. Uh-huh. We had him on the mainland and they shot my fucking Arab. Relax, relax. Okay, we got a replacement. How'd the interview go? Spill this butter. Replacement? Who? What? Where? What do we got? Jose Havanando. Hardcore Guatemalan. Convicted of 13 torture killings, he's ready to go. I don't want a fucking Guatemalan. I already got two Mexicans. Look, you see here? This is the Arab world. If they don't have anybody to cheer for, they don't log on. I want a fucking Arab. A child-killing, Koran-ranting, suicide-bombing Arab. Okay, okay, we're on. Our scout in Central America has got a line on a 6-7 Islamic fundamentalist. In a joint in El Salvador. Warden's good to go. 
Zara Zuko one. Get him on line. Cruise on route to the prison now. Cool. We're back. Um, I feel like I do that every episode. I'm like, back. It's like fucking annoying. <laughs> I should stop doing it. Um, <laughs> we're like, oop, turning it off. Uh, so, uh, yeah. So okay. So yeah. In the clip, fucking, we heard Brett go on this fucking like. We talked about it earlier, like this fucking like rant about fucking Islamic terrorism, and that's why I feel like this movie is kind of some like American patriotism, like propaganda, like. You know what I mean? Jack is like this like good old boy who like was like a US Army yeah, or yeah, Navy SEAL sure. and like was done wrong but and like you know, did was doing all the good and like stayed true to his country. Mm-hmm. We're like giving away his like backstory from like, for later on, but it's okay. Um I don't know if people really listen for the story. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, and so I'm, and then we got the bad guys that are like yeah, I don't know. It just feels like it's um pushing an agenda, like Islamic terror and he's like it's like, yeah, nobody likes fucking is terrible. So anyway, um, okay, so that at the end of the clip, they're uh, they're going to get an Islamic terrorist from this El Salvadorian prison. Yeah, and you know things aren't gonna go exactly as planned when they get there. So, <laughs> okay, so we're in the prison in uh. Ec- are you gonna you know how to pronounce this one? Ecjutula, El Salvador. No, I'm just kidding. Mm. <laughs> um, and it's Saint Sen- Saint a prison. Oh my god. Saint Saint Saint. Okay, okay, okay. Um, so the guards are like rounding up a bunch of prisoners up in their cells, and like pulling out of their cells, and they stop at one cell, and they're like, "Gringo, the warden wants a word with you now, or wants you now." And the dude's like, "Uh." You can tell the warden to go fuck himself. Mm-hmm. So, and you know who this is? This is our boy, Stone Cold <laughs> Steve Austin, wrestler of the week, man, featured this week only on Monday Movie Night Raw. Stone Cold Steve Austin, you here to hear, folks? Here he is. He's he's hanging out. He's rocking it. He's getting it going. Okay, he's bald. He's got a. He actually has like a a beard in this opening scene, and then he goes oh, down yeah. to the goatee later on, or like the Heisenberg fucking. I look. did not really think about that. Yeah, yeah, that's like his signature look. Is yeah. like that like what I don't know what you'd call that. That has a name, but it's like goatee and mustache combo. Oh, I don't know the name. <laughs> I don't know. Breaking Bad thing. Beard types, yeah. but the <laughs> yeah, the Brian Heisenberg. Cranston look. I think the Heisenberg suffices. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, he's got like a. It, well, I I think he does that because his beard is fucking <coughs> scraggly up top. I think he just. I think it just looks better down there. I was like, he looks, he was like, oh, I was like, oh, it's you, Steve. I didn't recognize you until you shaved. Okay, so, um, um, okay, yeah. So he's like feeding breadcrumbs to a rat on the windowsill. I don't know if that's supposed to make us be like, oh, he's a nice guy. He feeds animals. I don't yeah. fucking know. He's like a Disney princess. He's got all right. So then we hear a gun cock, and Steve turns around. So like, he doesn't have much choice. He's got to go see the warden. Or the warden wants him. So they bring him into this room with another guy, and this is like the six foot seven Islamic extreme Islamist ext- uh, extremist, right? So he's chained to the middle of the room. Um, the Muslim dude like starts kicking all these dudes' asses right away, and then the guards toss him a key to the shackles that are like around his neck and like his ankles and shit. So um, it's on, and it's Steve Austin, and so he undoes like the shackles and shit, and the Steve Austin headbutts him immediately, and the dude goes down. And then Steve Austin looks at the guards and he's like, can I go now? Totally badass, right? <laughs> so, I'm sorry, the cat's jumping up here. Um, it's okay, baby. Uh, so, I f- yeah. Um, yeah, this is what I mean. This is kind of what I was talking about, like, with it being, like, American propaganda. Like, the fucking 
like an American patriot takes down the Islamic terrorist. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. That's just what I was. Ick. Right. Um, like, of course, we'll think he's a good guy. He took down this Islamic terrorist. Like, mm-hmm. ugh. So then, um, but so Steve catches Beck's or Breck's eye, and he's like, "Who is he?" Like, oh my god. And um, Eddie explains that. Uh, so this is really important later. Eddie explains that he's been in prison in this prison for a year for killing three men and is awaiting a death sentence. So Ian's like, he's perfect. Um, So he's in love. There's already, it's coming on. So Bella's like, I thought you wanted an Arab. And then Ian explains how anti-Americanism is rampant all over the globe and people are going to love hating this cowboy. Mm -hmm. This is what I'm talking about. It's like, okay, so yeah, everyone in the globe hates America and he's going to, whatever. It's just like this narrative, I feel like. Um, So they're like, let, let, let's get him cleaned up and get him on a plane. So cut to the plane, and it's taken off. It's flying away from a toppy Papua New Guinea, right? So now, so everybody got dropped off, and so all the prisoners are together in one room. And so this train is finally rolling. We're getting this, getting this bitch going, right? So Steve Austin, uh, he's got his ugly beard cut off. He's got that classic goatee mustache, Heisenberg look going, right? Good, hot, awesome. So they're chained up. They're all chained up with their arms and legs, like, in a line, right and everyone's like sizing each other up like side eyeing and shit and looking at each other and um they're the one black dude that's a prisoner his name's Creston Mackey and he's um he's an American too yeah right and uh so then he's like oh they pull him in front of Vinnie Jones he plays the um Mick Ewan the fucking like rogue British guy and He's like, put a muzzle on it, boy. You're already boring me mm. to the guy. Right. And then he's like, Creston's like, who are you calling boy? So then we find out that this like racist dude is, his name's Ewan, Ewan McStarley. And he's from London, England. But honestly, I thought he had an Australian accent. I did too. I'm so fucking I bad totally with accents. Did. I was like, he's like, hey, yank. I don't know. Just something about it seemed Australian. Yeah. Um, what do we know though, I guess? Um, he was in the special. <laughs> he was in the special forces for four years, three peace tours in Africa. Then he burned a village in Rwanda and executed 17 men, raped nine women, torture, mutilation. Good stuff. The guy, literally, the guard literally says that. He says, good stuff. Sick. So, yeah. So he's a loose cannon. He's a real bad dude. We mm-hmm. don't like him, right? So then the uh, Creston's like, what the hell is wrong with you? I'm like, for real. <laughs> uh, so... Yeah, all these character introductions kind of suck. They're like, there's way too many contestants. You know what I mean? They just kind of like, some of them they don't even really introduce. Yeah, they just kind of come and go, and they kill them off early. It's like they didn't like you could have just done like five or six, since that's all you really used at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, Ian tells uh, one of the guards holding uh, her name's Amelia Burns. She plays Yesanat Yesantwa, the like other black chick. Like the, the African one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, her name is Y-A-S-A-N-T-W-A. Yasantua. Yes. That sounded right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right. I don't know where they came up with that. So then, um, I don't know like, where she's supposed to be from. So then they don't really say. So then they're like, get, he says, get her cleaned up. This is a TV show, not a soup kitchen. I'm like, okay, rude. Like, what the fuck? So then um, Ian introduces himself to Steve Austin, and he's like, I'm Ian Brookell. Oh, I was going to say this earlier when we were doing the clip. Doesn't Ian sound like fucking like Bane from <laughs> uh, Batman? Did you have you ever seen oh, the third Batman movie? Yeah, but kind of sounds like Ed Hardy or something. I, well, fair. I think they're both British, but they're both doing like well, I don't know. Bane has like a British accent or Australian. I don't fucking know. But like Brickell, I think he's supposed to be an American, right? Yeah. But he's the actor is Italian, 
uh, British or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so, so he has he's an like, accent. He's like, the internet. Uh. I will be broadcasting <laughs> the show from the internet. <laughs> like, just reminded me of Bane. Yeah. Uh, so then, yeah, he introduced himself. He's like, I'm Brickell, and, you know, you can call me Brack. He doesn't say that. But he's like, um, maybe you've heard of me. And Steve's like, uh, I don't watch TV. I've been in a Salvadorian prison for a year. Like, what are you talking about? Um, so then Ian explains to Jack Conrad, Jack Conrad, that's Steve Austin's character's name, um, that the contestants have 30 hours, and whoever is the last one alive gets to go home with a pocket full of cash. Wait, isn't his name Jack Riley? Yeah. Well, yeah, Ayana. Oh, <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yeah, that's like kind of a major plot reveal later on. Chill. No, <laughs> no, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they they think his name is Jack Conrad at this time because of the um information that right, the, right, right, right. the prison had on him, right, in El Salvador, because mm-hmm. he was there under the name Jack Conrad. <clears throat> so they're like, um, yeah, they'll get they'll get they win a pocket full of cash, and I'm like, a pocket full of cash is not that much. You know what I mean? It should be a briefcase or fucking I don't know, uh, like your t-shirt, like fucking yeah, full. Like maybe like all four pockets. Yeah, not like one back, front, back. That's yeah, what, yeah, some cash. It's kind of fucked up. So then, um, uh, ba- yeah. So basically, basically, Ian's going over the same stuff that he went over with the reporter lady, like just a few minutes ago. He's broadcasting on the internet. Uh, the whole thing's going online. Only one lives. We get it, right? For sure. Okay, setting it up. We're, just, we're yeah. So then Ian's like, uh, "You got quite the rap sheet, Jack Conrad. American blew up a building in El Salvador, killing three men. See, it's, again, another thing we already just fucking heard from Eddie like moments ago. Mm-hmm. I think the writer thinks we're like stupid or something, <laughs> like just banging everything over our heads six times in a row. So then um, Ian's like, "What were you doing in El Salvador?" Jack's like, "Working on my tan." And then Ian's like, "Why'd you blow up a building?" And Jack says, it was blocking my son. Yeah. <laughs> Stone cold, man. So then Ian's like, what do you do for a living? He says, interior decorator. And then Jack says he's from Anchorage, Alaska, about 80 miles from a little fishing town you've probably heard of. It's called Fuck, Fuck Your, Your Mama. <laughs> that was so funny. I love that. <laughs> um, I know. That's literally the best. I'm that <laughs> line sometime. Um, and then Ian's like way fucking triggered by the Your Mama joke. He's like, uh, tells his wife to write a bio on Jack that he is from Arkansas and a KKK Klansman racist arsonist who blew up a hospital for children and retards. Savage. He's fucking pissed. Um, so there you go. Unnecessary slur number two. Right? And then it keeps happening. So, uh, yeah, Brickell's like a total edge lord. I don't know if that's supposed to make us hate him or what. Uh, I don't know what that intention is. So Jack's like, uh, I don't know who you are, but I don't play games. And then Ian's like, you don't have to win, but everyone plays. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so then cut to, it's this dude, Paco. And he says to Ian, hey, boss, how about something to eat? And his wife, Rosa, is there, too. And Ian's like, oh, husband and wife. You know, you two can team up, but in the end, only one of you will make it out. Uh, Rosa starts, like, flipping out, and she's like, the guards have to, like, restrain her, and, like, Ian's just walking away. He's like, got her. Yeah. Um, okay, so then this dude, Baxter, who works for Ian, he's got like a Bluetooth in his ear. He's like, um, you know, so we know he's an important guy. He's got a lot going on. It's 2007. you got to have your Bluetooth. So then he gives us all the scoop on the bomb that's attached to their ankle, right? So we hear all about it. Baxter's Wait, who knocks out Breck? Doesn't he get, like, punched or something? Oh, yeah. Is it? Um, I don't know. I want to say it was the lady. Oh, Rosa? Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, like, yeah, and, like, gives her a, or, like, she kicks him or something. Yeah. Or does he, I don't know. Yeah, Rosa has come, or, oh, you mean, no, that's you mean, right? Not, not the other one. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yaga Santwa. No, yeah, not that one, the, Rosa, the yeah. wife. Yeah, so she, well, yeah, because he was fucking being so rude to her. Yeah. He's like, he's like, yeah, you or your husband's gonna die, okay, bye. Mm-hmm. Or both of you, mm-hmm. why not? Um, so, that's what I'd rather have happen in that scenario. Both? Um, yeah, For me sure. and my uh, partner die. Most definitely. <laughs> Why would I want to kill them? That seems like, yeah. A lot more taxing. <laughs> mm, yeah, and I would just end up dying later yeah. anyway. So Baxter's played by Luke Pegler. He's, um, he played Michael in See No Evil, which is the movie that is reviewed in episode two with Liam. So you can go back and listen to that. And we discussed in that episode... We both agreed that Luke Pegler is a hottie that we would let Pegler peg us any day of the week. <laughs> that's nasty. So then, that's just funny. And so then, let's take a listen to this <sighs> lovely. So he tells us all about the bombs, and we get to listen to Luke's sultry, sultry voice. I'm just kidding. His <laughs> voice is really not not the hot part. In fact, we also agreed that he looks fucking bad and see no evil. There's just pictures of him on Google that look good. <laughs> But, like, in general, no. He's got a bad haircut in that. And this one, he's kind of got a weird giant baby head. He's very mediocre to me looking in this. That is so funny. No, probably in general, too. He's just, like, a basic-looking white dude. (laughs) But it's like, my panties are wet. (laughs) All right, so let's take a listen. We're going to get the scoop on this this anklet. Okay, listen up, gang. On your ankle, you all have a rig. Back with 20 ounces of plastic explosive. 20 ounces. It's enough to incinerate you, your dog, and the small house you may be residing in at the time. And exactly 30 hours from now, that plastic explosive will do what it does best. You want that rig removed from your ankle. Simply be the sole survivor in 30 hours from now. There are two other ways to detonate an ankle rig. One, you see that red pull tab? Yank on that, and after a 10 second delay, boom. Two, tamper with the rig, you mess with the wires, you try and pick the lock. Instantly, without delay, boom. It's a very simple game. Kill or die. See, and that was that ticky tick tick thing we were talking. That's what we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. Kill or die. <laughs> it's a very simple game. Yeah, it's a simple game. Kill or die. We were also talking about how twenty ounces of explosives is a fucking lot mm-hmm. to have on your ankle, and it's just a little, little anklet. It's not much. Um, it's like a tether size yeah right it's like a like a house arrest thing a tether a tether (laughs) thank you yeah can only go so far yeah you ever had one of those yeah a couple actually really no (laughs) i've had it you've had a tether in your ankle in high school why i'm just joking (laughs) that's not true at all so um yeah you heard all about it there's a red pull tab on the anklet if you pull that that's how it blows up it's like a grenade okay got it it's like a grenade on your ankle. Um, listen up, gang. Oh, and then the other weird thing he said was, um, 
it, like it would blow it, it has enough explosive to blow up a small house a dog and like whatever else yeah, is living your in there dog. if you so like it's like what even was that line supposed to be it just like drags on i'm like what the fuck is he mm-hmm. talking about i'm like what house where what's happening <laughs> so okay so then um after he explains it all to them he points to a guy at a laptop and the dude arms the bracelets and i like this effect we see the computer program like the screen but it just looks like code like on a computer because sometimes mm-hmm. i feel like um yeah it was just like greater than symbol armed less than symbol equals roy g biv whatever the fuck so then it's like um yeah but i i I feel like a lot of times in movies, a special effect, people go like a little bit over the top with the computer screens and it just like falls in this realm of unrealism. So this feels like a little bit more realistic or cheap. I don't really know. One or the other. So the bombs and the bombs are armed and the timer starts, but they're not even on the island yet. And it's supposed to be. And it's 20. It's already at 29 hours. Is that what it is? 30 hours? Yeah. Right, right. So they have 30. That's what I mean. I'm like, okay, so the people who we find out later pay $60 to get a subscription for this one-time show. Yeah. And they're already, they're losing out on minutes of it. So I'm like, that's fucking cheap. <laughs> and for the people that are competing, like, that's not even fair. Mm-hmm. So, okay, but basically they're starting right away. So then um, everyone's flying in the helicopters to the island. You know what I mean? They start the timers and then they start flying. So, but it's, I don't know. I seem it wasn't fair. They should have started the timer when they all got on the island, right? Agreed. So, um, okay. I will say some of this music in this movie is fucking hype. You were like, I was texting you earlier and you were like, too much rock music. There's so much rock. There's some really bad rock music, but there's this song that plays, um, just like basic, like something that'd be playing, like just reminds me of something that plays on the radio at like two in the morning when you're driving mm-hmm. and like don't have a radio station <laughs> to listen to. Just like fuzzy, nondescript rock music. Yeah. But this song that plays when they're flying over the island is so dope. I don't know if you remember it, but it's like blam blam. Oh yeah, blam 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 blam. All right. Yeah, like it's really yeah. like it's hype as fuck. So, um Ian tells Goldie to get them live to the web and the game is on. We're fucking doing it, guys. So then they push <laughs> Let's get it going. Let's fucking kill them. So then they push all the contestants out of the helicopters. Um, they still have their chains on when they push them out, though, right? They got to bite down on a key, or they give them a key to bite it down t- onto so that they can unlock the fucking th- shackles once they get off or, like, are on the mainland or whatever. So... Um, they throw them, yeah, they throw them in the ocean, not like on the shore. Sorry, I should say that. Um, you imagine if they were just a drone. Well, then they do. But yeah, they, they, li- are, so then, um, they drop one guy literally onto the shore and he falls and gets impaled by like, I don't know what it is. Is it, is it like a shipwreck? Yeah, I don't know or what like it was, a but. rock that's spiky? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was like an old piece of wood or rusty something. <laughs> but there's all these like wrecked airplanes and shit on the island. So. I think it's, they don't ever explain what the, I mean, you know, it's what it's, out, it's on the seventh parallel and it's outside of Papua New Guinea or whatever, mm-hmm. right? But like, they don't ever say what island it is. It's, I think it's just supposed to be some Polynesian island or something. Yeah, maybe. Um, but there's all these, uh, like, old, like almost like World War II or like Vietnam fucking shit all crashed around on it. I thought That's that was so true. really weird. Yeah. Oh, and he, well, I'll get to it later. It's fine. Um, so. Um, yeah, they push one of the hell, the, right, I said that he got stabbed by the fucking spike, right? Yep. And then Ian's like, hey, watch where you're throwing these guys. I got a show to produce here, mm-hmm. eh? Uh-huh. And so then the dead dude's name was Dominic. He was from Italy, so there's nine left. Uh, right? So back on the helicopter, the guards put the key in this Asian dude's mouth. His name is Saiga, S-A-I-G-A. And instead of flipping out, like, no, 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 and, like, fighting and shit. He just does this, like, sick move with his hands and, like, distracts the guard with one hand and then just, like, um, 
and then pushes the guy against the wall mm. and then flips out and does a backflip yeah. out of the helicopter <laughs> into the water. So, like, he knows what he's doing. He's, like, down to fight. He's, like, For not sure. fucking around. And, uh... So Luke Pegler tries to get Steve Austin to open his mouth for the key, but Jack just whacks him in the head with his elbow. LOL. So then Baxter's like, that's Luke Pegler. He's like, dumb son of a bitch, and tosses Jack out of, out of the helicopter onto a sandy hill, and he goes rolling down the hill. And he doesn't give him a, a key at all. He just, he's got to figure out a way to get them shackles off. Yep. That's what he gets for elbowing that guy, that dumb, he's, he's a dumb son of a bitch, that Jack Riley. <coughs> <laughs> so we see Paco who is he's ripped as fuck um, and he takes off his shackles and we see Saiga coming out of the water onto the shore and he puts his sunglasses on so he's like a fucking G he's like and where did he get the sunglasses I know from? <laughs> <laughs> they like let him keep them like, like as a prisoner I know he like, comes out of the water and just like boom yeah. puts them on right so then in the control room Eddie points out to Ian that they're all in a cluster on the south end of the island so it's only a matter of time Yo, so Yasantwa is washing her face in a stream that goes into the ocean, right? Okay, so she's the chick from earlier that Ian said was looks like she's from a soup kitchen or whatever. Mm-hmm. Horrible. Mean. So fucking mean. What's wrong with you? So then... So then just, just, just then, this old German dude who's like supposed to be a Nazi or something, I don't know, he grabs her. His name's Helmet. Helmet? Yeah, he doesn't get any introduction. He's just on the... Yeah. Same thing with Dominic from Italy. Just For like, sure. they just kill him off. And the g- they don't ever... He has no speaking lines. It was too cheap a movie. They couldn't pay 10 more actors. A few more actors. So, uh, and he's... Uh, I don't know. He grabs her. Ian's like, Bella, cue the music. Goldie s- and says... Goldie says... What does he say? Oh, they say we got angles from 20, 22, and 23. And Eddie's like... Eddie's creepy. He's like, this is hard fucking core, man. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the old dude's like straight up trying to rape her. Like trying to like yeah. pull off her clothes and, and shit. And she was like, fuck that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. He's like, I know. I'm like, so die as soon as possible, please. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so then she snaps off a part of a tree branch and stabs him in the neck <laughs> and then pulls his pole tab and runs. And the dude blows the fuck up. Good riddance. Die, you fucking rapist. And then uh, there's eight contestants left now. Since uh, For those keeping track at home. And uh, Eddie says there are five million users on the site. Oh my god! But but Ian's like, it's a start. But I want more than the Super Bowl. I want forty million. Yep. So we see the website, and I guess the dude's name was Helmet, right? We said that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so back to Jack. Uh, Paco's running past, and Jack jumps out and grabs him. Jack is like, "Are you following me?" And then Paco says, "No essay." Um, yeah, you know it's good foreign character writing when like they just throw in random spanish words and he call calls him spa- essay the whole time yeah and he's too. like yeah i know but then speaks english otherwise yeah he'd be, like, he'd be like oh yeah how's it going hombre yeah it's so <laughs> stupid and so then um pago says that he's just looking for his wife that's all he wants so jack lets him go and gives him the key to the shackles and says he says gracias mm-hmm. jack watches him as he runs away to look for his wife and whispers gracias <laughs> <laughs> It's corny. It's bad. So then, um, so now we're with another contestant, Creston, our other American friend, and um, he's messing with the bomb ankle, and he's like, "This shit is fucked up." And then the ankle starts beeping loudly, and he like sees a camera and a tree turn towards him, and he wrecks the camera with a stick. And the helicopter drops a package and to him, right? And it's got a water bottle, a sandwich, a big knife in it. Um, he grabs his stuff, and he's like. 
that's what I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> just then Saiga shows up and takes off his sunglasses. So it's a fucking showdown. Like, this shit's about to go down. So then Saiga gets Creston in the face, just, like, punches him. And then um, Jack in the control... Uh, yeah, back in the control room, Eddie's like, I love this Japanese dude. And then uh, Bella is like, come on, who's your money on, really? Ooh. Yeah, and then Bella's like, yeah, she's so bloodthirsty, I hate her. Um, Creston throws a net over Saiga's head and runs away. I, whatever. Oh, yeah. So then... um. Saiga goes after him, but runs into Ewan, the crazy Australian dude that killed 17 people and raped nine women in Rwanda. Remember him? And so then, um, and then Ewan offers his sunglasses to Saiga, and so now they have an alliance. But Saiga's just in it for the sunglasses. He's not here to make friends. For sure. <laughs> so back to Jack, and then there's this dude, Peter, and he's a big dude. He's from the intro, the guy that was in the Russian prison that gets bought. Um, right. Well, he's another character that doesn't talk. So then, um, yeah. Um, and then so Jack and him are fighting and they look exactly the same. They're both these giant white yeah. dudes that are bald wearing beige t-shirts. And I'm like, so they're just rolling around. It's just like one person. And I'm like, and the camera, the, the fight scenes are so poorly shot. It's literally just like shaky cam. I'm like, I don't know who's punching who. Mm-hmm. Half the time when you're going to see the punch land, it cuts to another shot. Yeah. It's like so irritating. So then, um. Yeah, so it's very wobbly all the way through. Yeah, exactly. Or it's filmed from like so far away that you can't even make out what's going on. It's mm-hmm. just fucking st- yeah. It's like I don't know how an action movie could be filmed like so much action be so boring. Like <laughs> it's literally like your eye just wanders away from the screen whenever the fight scenes are going on. The best part is the dialogue, <laughs> and even that is questionable. It's not even that. It's good. not good. It's horrible, but it's the best part. So <laughs> that's my favorite part about it. So then um. It's a good it's a good movie. I, I you know, for what it is, it's a really lovely film. A lot of good lessons, a lot of good good character, per people, production. Okay. Right. So this is what I wanted to say. That Peter is played by Nathan Jones, who is also a WWE wrestler, right? So um he was only a, re- a WWE wrestler for like a few years though, and he always played a villain character on the do you know a lot about wrestling? Mm-mm. Me neither. I know. I've been meaning to say this, too. Good time to bring it up. I like... This is not really a wrestling podcast. It's just like <laughs> about wrestling movies, because I don't really... I'm not even really a wrestling fan. But I found this really interesting. Let me keep reading. Um, yeah, so then... Well, at first, he couldn't wrestle for WWE because he had a visa issue because he had a criminal past in Australia. So he, like, couldn't come to the U.S. to compete, but eventually oh, okay. he was able to. Mm-hmm. So do you want to know what his criminal past was? Yes. Yeah, so then it's really, so did I, so I was like, I gotta know. So I looked it up, and so uh, he was sentenced to 16 years in 1987 at the age of 18 to Bogo Road, and then I don't know how to say it, G-A-O-L, Gao, Gao, Gale? I don't know. It's some Australian prison thing. Mm-hmm. Um, for eight armed robberies between 18, or 1985 and 1987. How old was he? 18. Well, I mean, but those were... Yeah, so he was 16 to 18 years old. Oh, my God. Um, two of which occurred in, occurred in Tasmania. I don't know. So it was like across countries, like different countries and yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, during the robberies, uh, he became one of Australia's most wanted and ended up serving seven years in a maximum security prison at 18 years old. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I know. I was like, that's fucking crazy town. Mm-hmm. No wonder he always played a villain. No, I think it's kind of dope. So then for a time, he was uh, when he was part of WWE, he went by the name Colossus of Bogo Road to like go off Jeez. of his prison thing. Yep. Um, uh, 
Yeah, I didn't need to get that deep into it, but I'm. It is kind so of a wrestling podcast, right? <laughs> so, um, Jack gets a hold of Peter's red tab, and his bomb starts beeping. Jack tosses him over a cliff, and he explodes like before he even hits the ground. So there's seven contestants left. They're just dropping like flies, aren't they? <sighs> Back in the control Until room, Ian. What? Until they aren't anymore. It's like. Oh, right. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And then it's like there's five left. And then it's like five left for like 50 minutes of the movie. Yep. Um, So back in the control room, Ian's reached uh, 12 million subscribers. He tells Bella and Eddie to play the explosion on loop until they get something better. So now the plot really starts to thicken, right? I guess. Um, No, seriously, this is where it really starts getting, this is where it starts popping off. So we see the video playing on a loop. But it, the FBI agents are watching it. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. So, um, someone off camera says, "We could be streaming. For, uh, he could be streaming from anywhere in the world." I contacted Interpol. Uh, across the screen, we see that this is the Federal Bureau of Investigation, right? Computer Crime Task Force. It's like, like Computer Crime Task Force. So, the agent says the island is from somewhere in the South Pacific. Okay, and he has a regional expert and WW. Uh, World War II historians examining the images from the website. So it's like, that must be what all this shit on the island is. So this is what I mean. They don't explain yeah, it. Yeah. It's just like, but becomes a plot point somehow. Uh. Excuse me. So <laughs> I guess, um, yeah, it's an interesting, I will say the location was very unique. I think it was very cool. I think, I think the budget probably went to a bit of the locationy. Oh, in terms of, uh, like the budget of the film. Yeah, with the island. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. it's a cool island. There's all kinds of cool, like, World War II wrecks and shit on it, apparently. Yeah, for sure. Do you think they actually went around and filmed in all these different places, like Russia and shit? No. No. Most God. definitely not. You're right. Um, so, um, so I guess, y- yeah, so they're saying um, that it's somewhere between Indonesia and New Guinea, and that there are, like, 2,000 tiny islands there, so it's a needle in a haystack. Uh, we hear about Creston's backstory, right, we're back on the island, and we find out that he, or no, they're, they're talking about Creston in the FBI place, right? Mm-hmm. And he says that he escaped prison in the U.S. in 2002, but ended up on death row in Malaysia. And the other agent is like, and the other guy? And then he says, can't find a thing. Wilkins says that it's like he doesn't exist. Talking about Jack. Right. And uh, so this guy's name is Special Agent Wilkins, and he's played by Sullivan Stapleton, who's in the movie 300. I've never seen that. Yeah. yeah, so uh, yeah, it's like you know what it is, right? No. Three hundred. It's like no. a Spartan movie. They're uh, like all they're like pushing him in the pit and shit. Yeah, and yeah, he's yeah, a comic yeah. book first. Yeah. So anyway, so cut to another agent. Um, she says that she has more information on Jack Conrad, and says uh, someone recognized him from the website and says that she uh, says that that guy went to high school with him and that his real name is Jack Riley. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> interesting. <we> <laughs> We made it. So his, so he's Ar- U.S. Army. He's retired. He retired a year ago, then vanished. Family, friends, no one's heard from him since. Uh, he had a girlfriend then named Sarah Kavanoff. Divorced, two kids, waitress. During that uh, little backstory, though, we get a like a little scene transition to Texas, and Sarah driving a truck up her driveway, and her two sons are there playing football in the yard, and Sarah has an armful of groceries, and she's like, "Dinner in thirty. So. Okay, okay, two questions. Who's watching the kids? Why are they just in the yard? I know, where there's no one else like N- nobody. ever with her. So Ever? <laughs> okay, and then question, do they just feed themselves and just like tackle each other all day? Okay, so then question two, 
how does she live on this beautiful, sprawling Texas farm and afford and afford it just working as a waitress and a single mom? Questions through the roof. <laughs> so, um, so she gets a call from from Wilkins on her home phone. So, did people even still have home phones in two thousand seven? Probably, yeah. Yeah, they did. Yeah, that was. Oh yeah, I was like calling on I know. eleven years ago. I know. <laughs> I remember chatting it up on the home phone for sure. When I was grounded. When you were gr- what from your cell phone? Yeah. When did you get? How old were you when you got a cell phone? I was in third grade when I got a cell phone, but okay. What the fuck? <laughs> I, I, it was just a little flip phone. For what? Because my parents aren't together. Oh yeah, that's so true. I was like, you would, you might need. Yeah, one. I need to be like, mom, pick me up. <laughs> right? Did you have like a house key and shit too? Mm, no, I had my garage code. Oh yeah, that's. I always was like blown away when I'd go over to like in middle school and you like actually start going to people's houses and they'd have like a house key to like unlock their house yeah. when you got out of school. I'm like weird. <laughs> my parents are like always home or like the house is unlocked. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I feel like, yeah, yeah. Well, my dad would always usually be home when school got out for mm-hmm. the most part. Like by then to like give us like a snack and shit i don't know but and no i didn't have a cell phone until freshman year of high school i got i got a qwerty keyboard phone oh wow yeah i know (laughs) it's funny because i felt like that was like when i socially became like like i actually became like had friends like i feel like in middle school um, it was almost like nobody wants to talk to you because you didn't have a cell phone. Like, yeah. you, like you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you, I did have friends, obviously, that I would hang out with, but for the, like, it was like freshman year when I got a cell phone was like when I actually started texting people and hanging out and like going, getting Making invited plans. to parties and shit. I don't yeah. know if that's just like how ninth grade goes. Like, you just like are a little bit older and then high school and shit, but like, it felt like, yeah, even back then, not that long ago, that um, having a cell phone was like needed. Mm hmm. Because nowadays, I feel like, how do people even have friends without a cell phone? Remember, like, when you would, um like, sit on Facebook and, like, watch people, like, go online yes. and offline so you could chat with them? Yeah. And you'd, like, be happy when your friend popped up and you'd be like, hey, and they'd, like, talk to you and shit. I know. Uh, So, woo. That was a tangent. So, Sarah goes, oh, so she's, so we, she talks on the phone. She's like, hello. And it's, like, Mr. Wilkins, right? Uh, And then, so she goes to this dive bar, this cowboy, like, dive bar. And she leaves the kids again, just ditches them. So weird. So weird. I'm like, why'd you even write in these kids? They don't even talk. And um, so, yeah, really lost me on that one. I'm somewhere (laughs) else. So she's like, to the bartender, she's like, Mike, can I get on your computer? So she's ho-dunk as fuck. She doesn't even have a computer. So it's like, she puts in the address bar, www.the underscore condemned. Can you put an underscore in a URL? Yeah, I don't don't see why not. Okay. I, I think it'd probably be harder to find. I don't know. They probably don't, people don't use it for True. that reason. True. Because you'd be like, oh, go on the, the, the condemn.com. And it's like, I couldn't find it. I'm like, oh, there's the underscore. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? So then, um, yeah, we said before it cost fifty nine ninety nine to subscribe to the site. I'm like, that's a little steep to get 12 million people to pay because, like, I don't know, all over the world, 100% awareness. I don't know. Eh. So she puts her credit card in, and they read Jack's bio. And they're like, bombed a clinic for the handicapped and mentally retarded, fled to El Salvador. And Sarah's like, this is all lies. So <laughs> back on the island, Rose, uh, Rosa is running around, looking behind her. <gasps> oh, she uh, hides behind a tree because she sees someone coming. <gasps> but it's just Paco, her husband. So, Aww. yep, and they're reunited and it feels so good. So she gets a nasty cut on her. She's got this like cut up shit on her hand. It's fucking gross. Paco cleans it up with his t-shirt. It's very sweet. 
right? Love that. Mm-hmm. They're the love I'm rooting for in this film. <laughs> that or, right, I am though. Like, they're a way cuter couple than fucking Sarah and Jack. Ugh. Oh, most definitely. They're so annoying. Or Who even is Sarah? They should or just Breck and, what's her name? Uh, Julie? Yeah. Breck yeah. Yep. Julie is a, a G though. I love Julie. Oh, yeah, for she, sure. She helps everybody out in the end. Plus, she like gives it to him. She's like, also, I'm like, how is she with him for so long? Oh, my God. This is like perfect timing because we're just about to the part where she like tells off Ian. Okay. Yeah. So, Rosa starts to cry. Let's just back it out a little bit. Rosa starts to cry and then they start making out. It's hot. It's romantic. Um, but then Paco and Ewan, yeah, because Ewan shows up and he's like, very romantic mm-hmm. whatever and then they so then Paco and Ewan start fighting it's boring all these fights are fucking boring so then um yeah yeah the way they're edited I wrote the way they're edited it's like they're just jumping around jump cuts all over the place people falling hitting screaming I said it's no mission impossible so there you go um Saiga gets Rosa and Paco gets knocked out right because Saiga and Ewan are teamed up yeah yeah right so then um when he comes to, he's tied up to a tree, and Ewan's like, that's one fit bird you got there. What? Yeah, so that's some Brit Bong shit. I don't fucking know. Uh, get your Brit Bong slang out of here, weirdo. So then Ewan's like to Rosa, let me get a look at those titties. Uh, Yuck, creep. right? Oh, so, Yeah, so she scratches him, and he starts kicking her ass. It's really fucked up. And then Ian's like, watch, or Ewan's like, watch this, hombre. So this movie's fucking sick. Yeah. This is, it just starts bothering me at some point. You know what I mean? Because it's mm-hmm. just tasteless. So then in the control room, Ian, Ewan, yeah, blah, 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 Ian's wife, that's what I mean, Ian, <laughs> Ian's wife is disgusted. She's got this look on her face. She knows that this is wrong. Ian is like, uh, is this the only angle we have of Rosa getting murdered? Um, <laughs> and then uh, Eddie's, uh, he's like, Eddie, bring in the live crew. Which is like, okay, the live crew is just these dudes in camo with cameras, like, hiding in the jungle. And, like... It's so fucked, too. Like, like, who would would volunteer to do that? that? (laughs) And I'm like, okay, if you're going into this, like, basically a war zone where people are murdering each other and they have armed bombs all over them, wouldn't you, like, have, like, a SWAT team going in with, like, body cams to film shit? For real. Because they'll have... It's two guys, and there'll be one guy filming, and then one guy with a gun Mm -hmm. pointing around. I'm like, well, that's not really... Safe for anyone involved. Why would you sign up for that? So, there. Okay, so now there's 15 million subscribers. Duh, just to keep it going. So, but, but Ian's wife Julie has had enough. Okay, so let's take a listen to this clip where she fucking tells him that this is not okay. <laughs> Catch you in a second. Stop this. What? What? Stop this, baby. Come on. She's a killer and a whore. She's a human being. Yeah, who went on a killing spree with her husband. They're going to execute her in Guatemala, remember? No, no, this is wrong. This is sick. Hey, you know what? The drama, I want it up there, not here. Okay, please. Ian, how can you let this go on? It's just happening, and we're shooting it. It's not my doing. It is your doing. You set it up. I put 10 people out there, and whatever happens, happens. Pure reality. No intervention. Where the hell do you think you're going? Fresh air. What? You get all soft on me, are you? Hmm? I'm gonna hear a crybaby story from you, too. 
Are we just having a crisis of conscience? No, Breck, it's not. It's... It's... It's not exactly easy to watch. But I'm with you. Eddie, you with me? Hell yeah. I love this job. Della? Love what I do. Routine work. Good. You know, Eddie and Bella, you two give me hope for the future. I just, just pee them. Just pee on my pants. So I forgot Julie was fucking British. That, that just threw me for a loop when I was listening to that. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't watched this movie in like a minute, but like, I watched it like three times. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty versed. I think. No, I don't know. I've. That's. It's just so fucking long. Yeah, it is long. It's, it's too long. It's 20 minutes longer than it needs to be, and that's that's a <laughs> lot least. for this movie. Well, yeah. Well, it's an hour and fifty. So like. Not fair. Yeah, I need to let, I don't know. See No Evil is like an hour and 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Perfect length. Get me out of there, right? <laughs> so, okay. So fucking Eddie and Bella are both fucked up. Fuck them. They're fucking crazy. They're like, Eddie's like, I love this job. Why? Bella's like, I love what I do. We're a team, Brack. I'm like, ugh. So just terrible shit. Um, Oh, we're seeing here, we saw during the clip that Goldie is starting to waver a little bit. You know, he's like, I'm with you, but I think this is kind of fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, then, so Ewan walks up to Saiga and is like, that's one angry bitch. And then Rosa explodes. So, RIP Rosa. She's dead. Six contestants left. They go back to where they tied Paco up, but he's gone. (laughs) Um, so Jack runs into Paco, crying Mm. under a tree. See, but they broke his knee. I don't think you said that. They, like, banged his, like, fucking leg in Paco. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so his leg's, like, fucking broken? Yeah. Oh, shit. I mean, I didn't know that. I didn't... I I mean, I... Well, that's fucking crazy. (laughs) See, that's what I mean. This is some torturous shit. Yeah, and then he was like, oh, like, he couldn't have gone far. Like, he said that because he knows that he fucking broke his leg off. (laughs) Right. So, he's like, amigo, what happened? Ugh. Yeah, so then Saiga and Ewan run past, and Jack tells him to keep it down. Paco said they they made him watch her die. It's terrible. And he's like, you have to help me get them. And Jack's like, no, but I'll help you stay alive. So good protagonist. He's not killing people. He's just staying alive. Um, or he's only, I don't know, only killing the bad guys? I don't know. So then Creston tackles, ya- we're cutting away, new part of the island. Creston tackles Yasantwa and is like, calm down. I just want this bomb off my ankle or off my leg. And then Ian is watching the control room and he's he's like, what is this? Friendship Island? <laughs> womp, womp, womp. Trash writing. Uh, yeah, everyone's teamed up. It's Friendship Island. I'm like, what the fuck? So then Jack says that he saw the broadcast tower when they were flying in. Paco's like, we can call for help. So, yeah. And then Jack says, we're lightweight. We're light years away from help, man. So Paco says... If he's got a woman, oh, Paco asks if he's got a woman or a wife, and then he says something like that. Right. It's mm. complicated. Yeah, he says it's, it's complicated. That's my relationship status. So, <laughs> Ian tells Eddie to send Ewan a Christmas package. Um, give him the works. Send him to the Japanese ruins. Wh- okay, so then I was like, it's it's vague. That either means like literal Japanese ruins on the island, 
or like bring the ruination of Saiga. You know what I mean? That's what, yeah, that was weird. It's ambiguous. Mm-hmm. So cut to Jack and Paco. So Jack puts something over his GPS on his ankle. It was like a thick slab of metal. Yeah, like a gum wrapper. No, yeah. it's something bigger. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, though. And then, and so then, I don't know what it was. So then Eddie in the control room is like, oh, Conrad just disappeared off the radar. So I'm like, what the fuck was yeah. that thing? Jack said he doesn't like being followed. Right. Or tracked. He's like, I don't like being followed. Yeah. Yeah. So then they, um, yeah, that was shit, I thought. It made no sense. So then, why didn't they all do that? Mm-hmm. Is that how GPSs work? You just put a piece of metal over it and they don't uh, work? Fuck if I know. People got metal phone cases <laughs> and your GPS works fine. Yeah. So, yeah, Jack leaves Paco and starts climbing across a wire. You know, there's like this, there's like this big like wire running across the jungle and he's climbing across it. Mm-hmm. It's because they have cameras rigged to like these zip lines in the that, I guess you know what I mean. So that's what those are that he's climbing on. And Goldie so finds big man is <laughs> climbing <laughs> like a squirrel <laughs> across a wire. <laughs> Hanging down, yeah. So Goldie finds him on the cameras, and Eddie's like, where is he going? And Goldie's like, I don't know. So back to Wilkins at the FBI. We're in his boss's office. There's another dude there from the Pentagon, and his name is Wade Moranto from the DIA. D- yeah, right? D- D- Drug Enforcement Agency? D-E-A. Drug Enforcement, D-E-A, right. I'm like, D-I-A? <laughs> Detroit Institute, Institute of Art? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> no, right. The D-E-A, for sure. I literally wrote D-I-A. Nice. I think it was <laughs> something's wrong. So, um, yeah. Sorry to put the clips so close together. I don't normally do this, but we got a little another one for you. This one's important to me, so I really wanted to listen to it. This is where we start seeing that there's some like internal struggle at the FBI. You know what I mean? Like mm. They're not all in agreement for like what's about to go down up in here. Um, oh, yeah. Let's listen. We have to drop the investigation to Jack Riley. Two Americans are trapped in this thing, sir. Uh, Brad, Brad, Brad. This is not a conversation, okay? Just hours ago, you told me to get to the bottom of it. Now, why are you telling me to drop it? When you started digging into Jack Riley, you caused a lot of people a lot of stress where I work. And where is that? The Pentagon. This is Wade Moranto, DIA. We know all there is to know about Jack Riley. Is he a killer or not? Well, he's probably killed more men than anyone on that island. He did 14 years Special Forces Detachment, Delta. He retired. But his old boss, my boss, calls him up from time to time. Black Ops. A year ago, he was sent to El Salvador to demolish a Vallejo drug plant. Profits being used to fund our enemies. He got the job done, killed several men all-known drug traffickers with the Vallejo cartel. And he got caught. He traveled with bogus papers in the name of Jack Conrad. His real name and who he worked for was never uncovered, although they tried. So you let him fry in a Central American prison for an entire year. People like Jack Riley get paid well. And they get hired for the same reason they get fired. To keep D.C. brass clean. It's politics. It's bullshit. Okay, so, yeah, it is literally DIA, which stands for Defense Intelligence Agency. It's not It's not the drug one. <laughs> it's the other one. So, um, yeah. Uh, so, Wilkins is, like, on Jack's side. He's like, 
they're like this this is like the second movie so far this in this run of episodes I've done where it's like the FBI is like the bad guys like they're trying to fuck everybody over because mm-hmm. um in the first the first episode we did 12 rounds that one the FBI like fucked it all up and they were trying to cover up their fuck ups and shit in that one too so it's like I don't know what I don't know I feel like it kind of speaks to like this like I don't know people why are people writing stories about the FBI fucking over Americans you know what I mean like yeah, it seems yeah, like there's yeah. like a general distrust or something in America seeing this this uh trend I also just hate the saying, like, it's politics. That just always sounds, like, sketchy. Yeah, right. Yeah, so he says it's politics, and then Wilkins is like, it's bullshit, Mm -hmm. right? We heard that. So Wilkins is a good guy. We like Wilkins, right? So from this, the whole thing, we find out that Jack is not a criminal, but he's, in fact, an American hero. Uh, (laughs) He did 14 years, this is all in the thing, but just to recap, right? He did 14 years Special Forces Detachment Delta with some... Uh, he brought down some drug cartels, enemies, you know, stuff like that. So Jack gets caught. Um, right, right. So he got caught killing the three men who were all bad drug dealers. Not mentally disabled people. Right. You know, so big twist. Jack isn't who we think he is. He's actually uh, the good guy, right? So there you go. That's that's uh, that's how it is. So Wilkins, yeah, we say that. that he says it's politics, right? I had that in my notes. So back back to the control room. Goldie says, um, the American, okay, this is the weirdest fucking line in the movie. Buckle up. Goldie says, the American Yule Brenner is gone. He's not on any of our monitors. I'm like, why the fuck do you call him Yule Brenner? Yeah, what is do that know, even? Do you know who Yule Brenner no, is? No, who's Yule Brenner? I didn't either. So he's a Russian actor from like the 50s. And he doesn't look anything like Steve Austin. What the hell? Or the, or, yeah, well, and he says the American Yule Brenner. So okay. I don't, was he talking about Creston? Or was he talking about Jack? Because <laughs> that's weird. Yule Brenner's a white guy too, so I don't think he was talking about. I mean, maybe that's like the American Yule Brenner is Creston. I think he's talking about Jack though. Yeah. Terrible. I didn't. I'm like, the, they're writing in these like zippy one-liners for Goldie. That, like, who's gonna understand? That, that, yeah, <laughs> and then you look him up, <laughs> and I'm like, it doesn't even make sense. And then it still doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So it's like uh, on another level, I guess. I'm just it's lost to me. So. I don't know. Goldie says that, um, oh, hi, kitty. Hi. So uh, Goldie knows that the reason he lost him is because they don't have cameras rigged where they're at, at the control room. So um, he must be headed right towards them. And then, and you know, so I mean, Goldie was on the crunch time. You know, he couldn't get the rigs, cam- you know, rigged up, the cameras rigged up all around the island. But then mm-hmm. I'm thinking, like, that's kind of a, a spot you'd want to have cameras, right? Like, yeah, where I mean, everybody's at least located. Yeah, you, probably. Some <laughs> point outward around so you could see what's going on. Um, yeah. Like most TV sets would. Right. So, sucks to that. suck. Yeah. Ian and Goldie and Eddie and Bella. <laughs> Not Julie. So, Jack is like at the broadcast tower, right? And he chokes out a guard and he sneaks through the gate and he. Oh, yeah. So, he sneaks through the broadcast tower and knocks out the dude controlling it. And then Jack turns on the communication device and he picks up the phone and calls Sarah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but this time she picks up on her cell phone. So she's got both. It's 2007, right? So my, my parents, I was going to say, have a house phone and cell phones. They still have a house phone. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh. My, yeah, my mom's like, oh, I think it's cute to have a house phone. It's like, like um, I've always had, she's like, I've had it for like 15 years or whatever. I don't want to get rid of it. So, um, 
I think it's cute. So, um, I ha- this is another clip. Uh, I know we're playing. They're just like zipping off right in a row. But this one I thought was really important. It's like a conversation between Sarah and it's like the conversation between Sarah and Jack on the phone. Um, and you know what? It's really fucking sad. I might cry. It's just like really sweet. They finally talked. Okay, here we go. contacted me for your own safety did you think i walked out on you i didn't know what to think i've been through this before and then and then you leave me listen to me why i did not walk out on you i love you i love those boys of yours like my own I'm not through. Grab yourself a pen. Write this down. Cross National Bank. Two five four three four five six. Jack, what is this? What are you doing? I got some money saved up. It ain't much, but I'll feel better. Knowing you haven't. Maybe help things out around the house. Sit with you and the kids. Money. You know I don't want money, Jack. I want you. And I want you to take this just in case. I just... A year ago, you say you're leaving for work, and I don't hear from you till now. Where have you been, Jack? You've got to tell me what's going on, Jack. You've got to tell me now. I want you back here with me. That's all I want. Tell me you're coming home. Do you understand me? I need you. I need you back here with me. Breck, we got a breach at the gate. He's in the tower. What's going on? It's Conrad. He's here. Oh, great. That's nice. Right here with us. Shut the tower down. Kill the generator. I gotta go. No, wait. I spoke to an FBI agent. Where are you? Tell me something. They've got nothing. Jack? I'm here. Hang on. All right, write this down. Latitude 7.549282. Longitude is... Jack? Jack! So, uh, the power of the communication tower is cut. Um, which, okay, I kind of thought that wouldn't... If it's, like, the communication tower and they, like, kill the generator, wouldn't that kill the broadcast? That's what I was thinking, but I mean, I feel like it was like a centralized generator, but also doesn't really matter because they just cut off the power. Oh, so okay, so Claire, so Sarah's like, um, she's like, "What do you think? I like left you or something?" And then she's like, "I don't know what to think. I've been through this before." And then you leave, so like, it seems like her prior divorce was like 
not mutual. You know what I mean? Like, sounds like your husband left her. Mm-hmm. So I feel mm-hmm. bad for Sarah. Like, she can't catch a break. Right. She's got all these people, these men walking in and out of her life. But we were just saying, he's like, I love those kids like like your own, like my own. But the kids don't have any fucking lines. She ditches them all the time. It's just like, I don't know. It seems like like this weirdly shoehorned in thing. Like, we needed kids there to, like, validate their relationship yeah, or something. Yeah, they, like, they didn't need to be there, though. Huh? No, it was weird. So then... Uh, I don't know. Oh, I was, so he, like, gives Sarah this, like, routing number to this account. I was, like, I was impressed he, like, knew the routing number off the top of his head. Um, every time I go to Chase Bank, they make me fill out, like, the, one of those withdrawal slips, and you have to, like, put in your routing number on it. And I'm, like, I, every time I have to go on the Chase app and, like, look up my routing number or just, like, leave it blank and make them fill it out. But I think it's bogus that fucking in 2018, Chase Bank is making you fill out paper slips to fucking take out money. So I don't know what, what is that? What, what is this? What yeah, is everything, right? It's pretty whack, actually. So uh, Jack peeks around the corner where the stairs up to the tower are, you know? And Luke Pegler's there. He pops out with a machine gun and starts fucking shooting. So Jack jumps out of the tower and over the fence, and Luke is a shit aim because he's literally, like, missing every shot. There's just, like, flying around. So I feel like he's, like, the right-hand man, too. He can't, like, fight for shit. No, I know. So, um, and, uh, oh, and this is the part where we find out that Wilkins' name is Brad. It's like Brad, Brad, oh, Brad, yeah. Brad, 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 Brad. <laughs> <laughs> it's right at the beginning of the clip. Um, so he's like, uh, so they're like, Sarah says that the island is somewhere on the seventh parallel because, like, right before they kill the power, he's, like, able to give the, like, the, uh, latitude. latitude. Not the longitude, though. So then, um, Brad is like, um, Jack did a year in a Salvadorian prison, torture, starvation, and never g- gave up a word. And he did it for his country. So, and then um, Wade grabs a piece of paper with the coordinates. So what's going to happen? You know what I mean? Are they going to go after them? Are they going to, you know what I mean? Because they're like, we have to end this investigation into Jack Riley and all this shit. They're like, we have to save him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's torn. So we don't know. So this next scene, this is fun. This is one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Um, so... This is the part where Creston and Yasantwa are chilling around a campfire. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and so they're, like, in this old burnt-out airplane, and Creston's like, what did a woman like you do to end up here? And she's like, plenty. It's like, you go, girl. Yeah, slay mama. (laughs) Literally, slay people. So um, she says she'll fight till the end. Creston says, this is the end. Wake up and have a cup. I like that saying. Wake up and have a cup. Mm. Uh. I'm going to start saying that. So Creston's rubbing his shoulder, and she's like, are you okay? And he's like, when they threw me off the chopper, I landed wrong. So she starts giving him a massage by the firelight, and it's very romantic, right? Mm. And she's like, how does that feel? And then he's like, awful, just awful. Stop. Please stop. And she's like, you want me to stop? And he's like, yeah, stop. (laughs) And I'm like... Y'all, consent is key. Like, <laughs> what is this weird fantasy you <laughs> both have? Like, far too sarcastic to like make sense. It w- uh, they're both saying they like stop. Yeah, stop. Like, yeah, <laughs> stop. I guess it's playful and cute, but I think probably not. So, okay. And then Eddie and Bella are watching this all happen on camera. But they're like jaws dropped, and Bella's like, mm-hmm. And then Eddie's like, I think they're gonna get it on. It's, it's like I see you. I see you guys. You're not in it for the money. You're just two kinky motherfuckers. You don't know how to feel fuck and then die and whatever else. Fucking creepy weirdos. Not, not, no friends of mine. So, Creston starts monologuing about how he ended up on death row in Malaysia. So, 
what he says is, uh, he's like, I made it to Mexico. I, I fled the U.S., right? Made it to Mexico, then went to Malaysia. Don't really know the connection. So I'm like, yeah, those aren't really near each other, but whatever. Flew or something. Ran, swam. So, like, I guess they're both connected by the Pacific Ocean, right? Yeah. I don't yeah. even know where Malaysia is. Is it in Asia? Mm, I, mm, yes. So My answer is yes. Mine too. It's Asia's in the word. <laughs> so I feel like it's like one of those things where they're trying to throw you off, like how Greenland is icy and Iceland is green. Right, right, right. Uh, I don't know. So, yeah. So then, um, uh, so in Malaysia, he sets up his own hash spot and he meets this native girl. So really, he's living the Malaysian dream, you can tell. So, um, but then the native girl gets caught on possession charges and the house gets raided and the cops find 14 pounds of hash under his bed. And in Malaysia, you die for that, I guess, because everybody's on death row that all the prisoners are in this movie. So, um, he's like, uh... He's like, it's going to take some time before I let my guard down. You know what I'm saying? Nope. Right. No, because <laughs> Yasantwa, she's not even listening. She's not even there. <laughs> beep, beep, beep. What's that, bitch? It's your fucking uh, anklet. Uh, yeah, because he did let his guard down. Because while Creston was monologuing, she pulled the red tab on his anklet. Ha, ha, ha. What a ruse, right? So this is the best part of the scene. He says... Bitch got me again, <laughs> motherfucker. And then the plane explodes as we see Yaza Santwa running away into the woods. So R.I.P. Creston, five left. We got Jack, Ewan, Saiga, Yasantwa, and Paco. Right? So Goldie, for some reason, is now bummed out. Like he got triggered by the plane blowing up and is like, change this. Change it now. Maybe there's someone trying to bust in. Literally, this this room is like brick walls, and the bricks are like, the soot is like falling they're off like of them. Crumbling. Like they're crumbling around us right now. Like it's literally <laughs> like someone's trying to climb in through the wall. Um, this shit is fucked up in here. Hopefully, we get it live. Yeah. Uh, so the camera cuts to Paco getting wrecked by Saiga and Ewan. Uh, Bella is like a sick fuck, and she's like Mexican down for the count. Oh, she says Mexican, da- Mexican down. Dot, 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 for the count. Mm-hmm. I don't know why she, like, pauses, but she does. So, uh, oh, down for the count. See, all these movies have some little oh, wrestling little... reference in them somewhere. Okay. I, I find, it seems to me, sometimes I make them there, but I feel like they're there. <laughs> That's so um, funny, actually. Yeah, so, um, and then another nasty slur fucking comes out of Eddie's mouth. He says, watch the beaner get his ass kicked. What does that mean? It's like a Mexican slur. You're not supposed to like, call people that. I just think about a carabiner. I don't know what the slur means, but... Yeah, I don't either. I mean, I, is it like a coffee bean thing? I have no idea. Lima, lima beans, baked beans, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. So, lovely stuff. Really terrible. Terrible people. So, Goldie leaves, and Julie follows. Um, and they both agree that Ian is a genius. Okay? And then Golden <laughs> Goldie says, Ian could sell dirt to a ditch digger. Okay. So, Julie's like... Yeah, and we've both been sold. So Goldie knows it, too, and Julie's like, we have to stop this. So it's like a mutiny, right? Let's go. It's going to get fucking... It's over. So Julie walks up to Ian, who's watching Saiga and Ewan kick torch, Oh, kick and torture Paco for some more, and it's like... um, 
Oh, 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 okay. Yeah, so Ian's sitting there and he's watching the like them torture Paco, right? And then she just starts going off. She's like, this is not reality. You manipulated this. Don't tell me you won't intervene because you started it, right? And um, and then she says, you sent them there to attack an injured man who has already watched his wife. Oh, injured man, right, because so they broke his fucking knees or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Oh, and she says, and, and you already watched his wife. Dot, dot, dot. She can't even say it. This is so sad. Alexa, play Despacito. So Ian doesn't even care. He's like, bruh, there are 28 million people watching. And Goldie's like, I know what this was originally, but it's not okay now. I'm like, this is panning out exactly like you knew it would. Like, nothing has changed. People are blowing up and killing each other. That's what you were all along with all along. So was was that was that go, not going along with your head cannon, Goldie? So Ian explained or to create Ian says to ex, to create drama, you need good guys, bad guys, and victims. It's storytelling. So which I'm like, if that's the case, then this movie should be full of drama and storytelling because it's got good guys, bad guys, and victims. But it's not yeah. really much of a story to me. <laughs> it's falling flat on the drama and the storytelling. So. I don't know, shouldn't take its own advice. Goldie's like, this isn't some teleplay you're writing. This is real. It's too real. And I can't hold down food. Poor baby. Mm. So, um, oh, yeah, because he yacked like, right before then. Oh, is this yours? Yeah. So um, I like the shade of Breck uh, specifically writing a teleplay. Like he's like talented enough to write like a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, though I think TV's gotten a lot more prestigious in the last 15 years. You know what I mean? I'd say so. Netflix, AMC. True. Um, Okay. So Breck has lost it. He's like literally stands up and he says, real? Nothing is real. Like, okay, (laughs) you're fucking weird. You're crazy. You're on another level. So he explains that ABC, MTV, all the networks manufacture reality just like this. And so Breck's going off about fake news before fake news was even a thing, right? So then Breck points to Paco on the screen, and he's like, do you think this guy had more dignity sitting on the electric chair in Guatemala? I'm like, yes, like he literally did, because, you know, due process, he was found guilty. Like, I don't know. I don't know much about the Guatemalan criminal justice system, but it seems far more fair than the fucking Hunger Games hosted by Breck. So Goldie says, we're all thinking, he's like, wait, wait, he says, Goldie says, what we're all thinking, oh, okay, this is I got it, I got it. So Goldie says, Says what we're all thinking, right? He's like, yeah, Breck, I do. Like, he does think that that's fucking more humane to kill him in an electric chair. And then Beck, like, flips out. He's like, you ungrateful son of a bitch. Mm. I made you very rich. Mm -hmm. Ha, 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 ha. And then Breck's like, either you're with me or against me. Decide right now. He says that, like, four times, too. You're with me or against me. (laughs) Like, okay, you're paranoid. Decide right now. And then Goldie says... Ian, I'm going to finish the show. You slimy fucking scumbag. Like, what the fuck is wrong with him? So then Breck, what a piece of shit. He slaps Julie in the face. And he's like, all this to try and save some goddamn whore. And I'm guessing he's referring to Yasantwa. Because she's like the only woman left. Yeah, yeah. But wasn't he calling Rosa a whore earlier when she said something to him in that clip before? I'm So all the chicks are are whores, I guess. (laughs) Uh, weird line. So Julie's like, no, I was trying to save you. Oh my God. So, huge. <laughs> so now we're on the bridge where Ewan and Saiga are killing Paco. Jack shows up. The bridge is busted in the middle, though. So, like, they're on one side. Jack's on the other. Jack is like, he's had enough um, about Paco. And then Ewan, Ewan's like, 
I'm just getting started, and then shoots Paco in the chest with the bow and arrow um, that he got from the Christmas package that he dropped that got dropped earlier, right? So then um, Ewan totally reads Jack and is like, I pin you as military, like myself. Oh, he says, like meself. Special Forces, S-A-S. And then Jack says, me and you got a lot. Oh, no, he's, uh, Ewan says, me and you got a lot in common. And then, of course, Jack says back, we got nothing in common, you and me. So Ewan's like, that makes you soft. So lots of toxic masculinity all around, <laughs> but not from Steve Austin, though. He's got that big dick energy, right? Um, and I do not throw that word around lightly, okay? <laughs> I truly believe that maybe, like, 1% of the population has BDE, and, like, it's just been memed at this point where, like, it's, like, amateur hour for the BDE. Everyone's saying it about everything. Like, no. You don't have BDE for, like, washing your girlfriend's hair or, like, packing a fat bowl. Like, okay. So, anyway, Saiga pours booze all over Paco. This is fucked up. And Ewan flicks his cigarette onto him, and he catches on fire and burns alive. And Jack does not like this. He's like, game on. Mm-hmm. And he just watches, too. He looks so raw. Yeah. Raw, man. So... Next scene is the sun is rising, right? So we're getting to the final hours of the competition. Um, I feel like I brought this up before, but how is everyone in the control room? Oh, I didn't talk about it before. How is everyone in the control room working 30 hours straight? And they're all just like perfectly look all fresh and fresh like daisies. Um, million dollar cocaine. Yeah, some expensive drugs. So like I get this is a one-time event and they'll make a lot of money, but I would think they'd have like some sort of shifts implemented or something. I don't even think there's like coffee implemented into like they're the j- scenes either. They're just chilling. Yeah. Uh, it's like they're it's like they're all just like they filmed all this the same moment. Mm-hmm. Um So someone in the control room is like, "What is this place?" And another guy says, "I don't know." Talking about the ruins that Saiga and Ewan are posted up in, right? And like uh Oh, I was thinking, like, didn't they put cameras up, like, all over the place? How are they, like, what is this place? Like, yeah. Um, I don't know. You put cameras there, though, because <laughs> you're watching it. So Jack is there, too, at the ruins, but he's, like, sneaking around, right? Mm-hmm. So um, Jack and Saiga confront each other, and Jack has a stick he found, and Saiga has two knives. So, uh, oh, and then we're back at the bar where Sarah is watching the competition. That's the other thing. It's supposed to be 30 hours, but then everybody at the bar is just chilling. Like, it's all happening at the same moment. I'm like, wouldn't you have gone home or, like, I don't know. I feel like the timing doesn't necessarily, because the sun was rising. Yeah, so it's like they've all been there all night, and now it's the next day. Like, where are the children? That's what I'm It's insane. Oh so, um, right. So, anyway, Jack gets the one up on Saiga and knocks him down. He's beating him real good, but then Ewan shoots an arrow at him, like, whizzes by his head. So then he runs away. And Ewan chases after him, and Saiga gets up too, and he starts running after them. Uh, Jack loses them, but he sneaks around a corner, and someone puts a knife to his throat. Who could it be? The only one left. It's Yasantwa. Jack is like, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> she says, try me. So then Ewan shoots into the little, like, they're, like, in this, like, bunker, like a room. Yeah, it's, like, underground, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Kind of. Yeah, 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 like, there's just, like, just, it's kind of like a basement. Like, there's just, like, a yeah. windows that are, like, just on the top part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Right, so he, he, like I said, Ewan shoots a arrow into the room and then hits Yasantua with the arrow, and she goes down. So Ewan's like, bullseye, show yourself, Yank. He calls him Yank the whole movie. I don't think he calls him Jack once. Ew. It's t- it's, that's what I mean, like these foreign character writing. They're like, hmm, all right, he's British. What would he say? He'll call all the Americans Yanks. And uh, the Mexican guy will call him Essay mm. and say gracias. <laughs> yeah, 
really stupid. And then the African chick will speak English, but like with an accent. Mm-hmm. It's so weird. And um, yeah, okay. So 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 Ewan thinks that he got Jack, but really he got Yasanwa, right? Because he doesn't even know that she's alive. So. Um, Saiga throws a Moltov cocktail into the room and there's like this giant like oh there's like all these missiles like these big bullets in the bunker yeah so yeah. it's like and it's on fire and shit so it's like they gotta get out of there right they gotta go so Jack pulls up a gate like a grate on the floor like a drain or something and it's like leading to a drain and he tries to pick up Yusantwa and bring her with uh, with him but she's like fighting him and finally she realizes there's no time and I guess she probably doesn't like trust Jack and like not to kill her and like she just wants to be done i guess because she pulls her own red tab and her anklet starts counting down from 10 and jack slips into the drain pipe just as everything explodes so and then sarah's watching the tv and she's like baby no <laughs> and yeah so everyone in the bar is like super bummed this is like this is the point in every every good script where it's like the all hope is lost moment you know yeah right so but like we know it, he slipped into the grave. So like um, okay, so now it's Ewan versus Saiga, right? Because they think that Jack's dead. Because there's this huge fucking explosion. Nobody could survive that. So the smoke clears and they face off. But both of them just run in opposite directions. LOL. So then um, it cuts to Saiga running in the woods. But as it transitions... Okay, as it transitions from like... They both run in different directions and it cuts to Saiga in the woods. As it transitions, there's like a falcon noise. It's like... <laughs> I'm like that was so fucking random. I'm like, what was that supposed to be? I did not notice that. That's I know. So then Jack jumps out of nowhere and he's like, "Hey, kid!" So ultimate troll. He's a comma kid. So then people get really. Oh yeah, I was gonna say people get really mad on Facebook when you call him a kid. You're like, "Okay, kid, whatever you say." They're like, "Um, actually, uh. um." So he starts kicking Saiga's ass, but um, but then he kicks Jack. Saiga does and gets away. And Jack's like, "Let's go, sweetheart." You know he had to do it to him, right? So Ewan is there. He shoots his last arrow and misses. So it's a knife fight, like, all around, right? So Jack has... Okay. Jack has these, like, Wonder Woman bands on his... Yeah. Team, <laughs> on his wrist? He, like, duct-taped it. Duct-taped, like, piece of metal. Did they his, even show him putting them on? Yeah, 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 they did. There was, like, a scene where he was, like, rapping. Mm. And it looked like he was... I thought he was just rapping, like, his wrist. That's so what I could, thought. he could, like, punch or something. But then They're like, once I heard, like, the metal clanking... I was like, wow. Right, so he's, like, stopping all the knife attacks with these, like, Wonder Woman (laughs) armbands. And, like, every time he hits them, they, like, sparks fly off (laughs) from, like, they're literally, like, flint bracelets. I'm like, dude, I don't know where he got those from. So Jack um, knocks Ewan out and then disarms Saiga, right, and then stabs him with his own knife, right? Mm -hmm. Boom. So you could call that a kamikaze. I don't know. Pretty bad. So Saiga is down. He's dead. Um, right. Uh, keeping track. Right. So there's uh two people left. Right. Paco made four. Yasanda with three. Saiga two. You're welcome. Okay. So Ewan jumps off a waterfall just as Jack catches up with him. All the people watching at the bar are like, he isn't gonna jump. He won't do it. So that whole like moment is lost thing was a fake out because they're like, oh, there's Jack. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and like, then they do it again, again like ten yeah. minutes later. <laughs> I'm like, how many times are you gonna pull this shit? So. Back to Jack, he's like he says fuck it and jumps off the waterfall. And Steve really did jump into that waterfall. I think it doesn't look like CGI to me. I okay, so yeah, like I paused it halfway through and it looked like I don't know, it looked pretty real. Yeah, but I was that was high. It was really high. It's like way down into the water. Yeah. 
So back in the control room, Ian is pissed because now they're off camera because they jumped off a waterfall into like a cavernous pit. So and Goldie's like, again, he says, I'm not Jacques Cousteau. I don't do underwater caves. And I thought he was talking about the fucking Pink Panther detective. <laughs> Isn't that his name? Jacques Cousteau? I don't know. I don't either. So then, but I guess Jacques Cousteau is a French naval officer and explorer. So yeah, Goldie's got them good references. He's pulling them out. Okay, so... Oh, have you ever seen the movie Life Aquatic with Bill Murray? Mm-mm. Oh. Well, uh, I think that they got the look for Bill Murray's character from Jacques Cousteau because he's got, like, the red nip ca- knit cap, like, uh, classic sailor thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, mm-hmm. So Goldie gets... Oh, they get eyes on him in the canyon, right? Because they, like... I don't know. They, like, swam. Now they're in a canyon. Um, Ian sends... Oh, sends another parachute package to Ewan because he's just fun. He's just fond of that Ewan, you know. He really is, and Jack gets not shit the whole time. No, I know they're like hooking the other guy up. Yeah, yeah, I know he's got to use his like metal bracelets (laughs) to save him the whole time. Uh, So this time, it's not a bow and arrow. He gets like a big ass shotgun. Yeah, and Goldie's like, "You favored this maniac the whole time. Manipulated the whole thing." And then, yeah, I was, oh, I wrote, I think Ian likes Ewan because they basically have the same name. <laughs> so Ian tells Goldie, Ewan puts on a good show. And personality, too, honestly. What? I said, and they have the same personality. Oh, yeah, like both fucking <laughs> trash bags. Um, so Ian orders for the camera crew to go to the, ca- to get to the canyon. So back in the canyon, Ian pops out and he's like, or Ewan pops out and he's like, Looking for me, yank, and starts shooting at Jack. Jack takes cover behind some rocks. Um, Ewan's sh- is shooting a bunch. Um, he's saying he's going to shoot Jack's fucking balls off. Uh, Jack dives into the nearby stream and swims away. Ewan is shooting into the water, calling him a bald motherfucker. <laughs> um, the camera dude and another dude with a camera are sneaking around the woods in camo like it's like this like shaggy like full camo thing. He kind of like got him in the shoulder too, didn't, or something, didn't he? Oh, like hit him in the water. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like on his way into the water. It must have not read for me. <laughs> it, it didn't end up being important. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, um, Ewan finds. Oh, Ewan finds the camera. This is what I was talking about earlier about they need to defend these camera guys better. So mm-hmm. Ewan finds the camera guy and he's like, "What do you think this is? A fancy dress party?" And then. The other camo dude with the gun pops up, and Ewan just, like, shoots him, kills him. He's dead. Uh, And then the camera guy's like, don't shoot. I'm just the cameraman. And then Ewan says, film this, and kills the dude, too. Uh, So he's on a bender, man. He is killing him. Ooh-wee. So then also, Ewan tells the dude Merry Christmas after he kills him. So people on IMDb were saying maybe that's, like, a Die Hard reference. I don't buy it. I think... For real, this movie takes place around Christmas time. Because <laughs> we only ever see Texas, which is hot. True. And we see the seventh parallel, hot tropical island. And then all the shots in D.C. are interior shots. We don't ever see any windows. Mm. So I think uh, it's canon at this point. This movie is a Christmas movie. It takes place in December. It is a Christmas movie. Yeah. An official one. Yeah. We should watch it around Christmas time every year. Maybe it'll be better. What do you mean? Like, it'll just be a better movie. If we, uh, oh, because it's like a... Yeah. It's in, watch it should it have a Christmas fire. soundtrack. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Watching it around the ca- around the, the fireplace with our Christmas light, mm-hmm. Christmas tree up. 
Mm, I don't know. I think people would be like, oh, <laughs> turn this off. Can we watch Elf? <laughs> um, so Jack comes up behind uh, Ewan and knocks the gun out of his hand. And then more poorly edited fighting, blah, 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 shaky camera. So um, it looks like Jack has got him pinned. But Ewan grabs a knife and slices Jack in the shoulder. Is mm-hmm. that the part you were talking about? No, I think he actually... I Oh, um, so then Jack, he probably got him. He was shooting a bunch. Yeah. He was all over the place. So then Jack jumps back, and Ewan grabs the gun and shoots at him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jack rolls into the river, and Ewan is going to line up a shot right into Jack, but the gun is out of bullets. I'm like, yeah, dude, you were shooting like crazy. You wasted all the bullets I gave you. Um, but Ewan doesn't even care about that, you know? So And then oh, Jack's floating on the top of the water like he's dead. Yeah. And Sarah's in the bar crying, and others are crying, too, and all hope is lost. But Jack was holding his head when he was falling into the water. The whole thing. He didn't get shot. He was fine. No, I know, but, like, he was holding his head up. Yeah, exactly. He didn't get shot, but, like, he, like, protected his head before he fell into the water, and then he played dead. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's, like, I don't know why Ewan, who's, like, a trained uh, special forces, was, like, oh, floating. He's dead. (laughs) Like, that's, like. I'm sure I would play dead in that situation too. I would have played dead a long time ago, just be hiding. I think those people from the Hunger Games, like twins that like hide the mm-hmm. whole time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Terrible. Do you like the Hunger Games? They're okay. Did you read the books? No, I did not. Me neither. I saw the the last movie, part two, in theaters, mm-hmm. and um, I was laughing my ass off at the end of it because it's just so bad. It's so cheesy. And someone like told me to be quiet, and I was like, <laughs> um, I paid to come here and watch this movie. There, have you seen the movie, the last one? Yeah. Okay, at the end, Katniss is a baby, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then she's, like, holding the baby, and then she's and the baby's, like, crying, and she, like, picks it up when it's sleeping or whatever, and she's like, I have nightmares, too. <sighs> I'm like, ugh. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? Like, who looks into a baby's eyes and says, I have nightmares, too? I'm like, uh. <laughs> and I literally was like, <laughs> and then um, all these people around me were like, shh. <laughs> and then after the movie... This couple, the guy was the girl like gets up and the guy goes, You were super rude the whole movie. Oh my god. I'm like, they read okay. the books for sure. Yeah, I'm like, okay, you <laughs> took the movie way too seriously. Like if this isn't Harry Potter, these aren't even that good. Like yeah. the books aren't good. Like it's not like I don't know, whatever. You know what I mean? Yes. So mm, Christmas movie, right. So Jack comes up behind Ewan. We already said all this, right? So then yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Right. Jack's dead. So they're so sure he's dead, they even put an X on his name on the dead contestants list on the website. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, um, oh, and then the, we, so the interview with the, rep- okay, so then, so that happens. They see the X on the screen, and then the TV in the bar just cuts to the the reporter Donna oh, fr- yeah. um, from the start of the movie. And I'm like, why? Weren't they watching uh, online? I feel like that didn't, air, like, did that interview air? Um. No, this and then this is like That's where it's it was, airing. Okay, and then okay, okay. we get like a little clip of like her talking after the interview, right? Like how she feels about it, and it's um. But I'm like, wait, if you're watching this live on like a live stream, why was why would it just turn off and go to a news report? That's true. and why is it on the TV at yeah, the bar? I mean, it's been on the TV the whole time, and I didn't really think it, about that it part. Ju- right, it's like they're watching on the news. Do they have an HDMI cord? Maybe. Right, I'm like, <laughs> I don't think so. I think everybody was still using those like red, yellow, and white oh, true. things in 2007. <laughs> like that's what was on the Wii, man. So like, uh, or like all those consoles back then, mm-hmm. um, and like DVD players and shit. 
So I think so true. you probably had to have something like that to hook up to your computer. Yeah, but computers don't have those. What's that? Uh, you'd need like a like a port that like, like an turns adapter. an adapter that like turns into that a one. dongle. I don't think they had that. <laughs> so um. Okay, I got another clip here. So uh, um, it's like Jack's dad. The broadcast switches to Dana and Donna, and it makes no sense. So this is a clip of Donna fucking getting on her little high horse like as if this whole thing isn't really actually her fucking fault we can talk about it after the clip give me a second nothing we do as entertainers are gonna make a difference all right you just think about it just some of the games and the movies that we make it helps them to escape into that into that world for them you know i mean that's being a teenager right teenagers they're just teenagers so what about children kids all across the planet can log on and witness live murder yeah sure they can if they have a credit card Look, Donna, we as entertainers cannot tailor or make everything we do for children. It's the parents' responsibility to monitor what their kids watch. That's a cop-out, Ian, and you know it. You have to take some responsibility. Donna, I'm not forcing anybody to log on and tune in. I create shows people like to watch. I didn't create a demand. People like to watch violence. They always have. Probably always will. When I finish this interview, I was angry at one man, Ian Brickell. I now realize my reaction was simplistic. Over the past 24 hours, millions have logged onto his website, and with his success, I am no longer angry. I am sad. Those of us who reward him, those of us who watch, Are we the condemned? Until tomorrow, this is Donna Serena. Until tomorrow, I'm Donna Serena. <laughs> okay, so why? Okay, so Donna did this interview pretty much a day ago. She knew ahead of time that all this shit was gonna fucking go down. And then she didn't do anything about it. She just waited to air her little interview on TV. And then she's got to. She comes on here trying to take some like moral high ground. She's trying to fucking. And then it, it, it like if you were a good person, Donna, you would have said something. And not like air like let any of it ha- like I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Would have made it stop before it started. Right. Okay. So and I guess we can just yeah that I think is the most glaring mistake in the whole movie like. Uh, I, I, it's not in any of the clips, but at the beginning, Julie is like, um, Donna's the biggest network reporter. Um, cops are going to be all over this. And then Ian's like, no bad pre- no press is bad press. I'm like, no. Like, the whole operation is very illegal. Like, it's global terrorism, mm-hmm. you know, in all sense of the word, it seems like. So for him to tell a reporter about it hours ahead of time and then she just doesn't do anything? And then and then she's on there trying to get us to ponder, like, the moral implications of watching. Like, girl, it's your fault it exists. And, and I'm sure fucking, you're watching still. Like, how about too. your morals, Donna? Where yeah. are you? Where do you lie? You know what I mean? So, truly dark, sick people in this movie. Eddie, Bella, Donna, Ian. So, okay. So, the FBI finds the island, right? Shit. So, the Navy SEALs will be there in an hour. Brad Wilkins is like, but it's too late. Because Jack's already dead. Woo, right. Um, so back on the island, shit is about to go down. But, oh, first I should say, FYI, they did hit their 40 million views. So they got their Super Bowl numbers they were looking for, right? Super Bowl, baby. They got those big numbers. Okay, so Bella's like, um, 
we did it, Breck. And then she bites her lip, and it's like a close-up on her face. And I'm like, ew, get this piano-playing girl from High School Musical looking at us out of my fucking face. <laughs> so my boy Luke Pegler, he's back. He tells Ian that they've been spotted by the Navy. The chopper left. Uh, oh, the choppers, um, the only chopper left on the island is Brex, right? The two big choppers left with the setup crew. So there's only one helicopter left. There's only one way off the island. Um, Ian's like, I'll collect my things and meet you at the chopper in 10 minutes. Um, so Ian's a piece of shit. He's going to try to dip out on everyone right as shit's about to hit the fan. So he tries to argue that the Navy's coming for him and not everyone else. They'll be fine. It's him that they want, which is just like, no. You know, that's not reality. You have that twisted in your head, in your brain. You are not in touch with reality anymore. I think I think this is like the, what do you call it, de-evolution? Is that yeah. d- the devolt? What is it? I think it's de Devolved. <laughs> yeah, fucking like his, his spiral into madness. Yeah. You know what I mean? But Goldie is not having any of it, right? Mm-hmm. He's like, hi, what's up? Right. <laughs> to break. Um and Goldie's like, uh, you're supposed to take us with you. And then Ian's like, things have changed. And then Goldie's like, bullshit. I'm going to tell everyone, shithead, Eddie, Bella, Julie. I'm like, Julie? Like, you weren't going to take your own damn wife with you? What the fuck, man? Dude's fucked. Yeah, he's fucked. So Ian's like, I'll take you and give you a million dollars to Goldie. And then Goldie's like, a million? I'm supposed to get 5% of the net. You owe me millions. And then uh, Ian's like, you're a technician behind the line. You don't get back end. So he's just he's just breaking all these promises that he mm-hmm. had before, right? He told them that he's be in, they're all in it to win it, like, together. And they're, like, best friends. Yeah, him and Goldie, I know. Yeah. So, um, so then Goldie flips and starts attacking Brickell. But Luke Peggy Waggy grabs Goldie and straight up slits his throat. Like, he dies. So fucking crazy. He kills him. So... Yeah, Goldie's dead, man. That's just it. It's so fucked. It's Terrible. So um, Ewan gets brought back to the control base or whatever because he won. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ian meets him and is like, uh, congratulations, you're free. Uh, which is the other thing. What jurisdiction does Ian have to say who's off the hook and who's on it? You know what I mean? So no one, I'll tell you right now. <laughs> so th- I wrote here... Maybe I was high when I wrote this, but I said the whole movie feels like some alternative universe where like capital punishment is done more frequently or like rich people can pardon criminals or some kind of new law that we're not being told about because like all the illegal aspects of this operation seem like they're on the back burner. Mm-hmm. Like nobody, like that's not really an important part of the plot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. So, I mean, um, how did they like have the like availability to even grab all of them and be like, we're taking them to this island, like these prisoners. Well, yeah. Well, he, I know he just buys them, yeah. buys the prisoner. He's they're him, his, and he can set them free. Like they're slaves or something. Like, I don't get it. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> uh, Ian, Ewan's like, great. Uh, how about you take this bomb off me? So Ian pulls the key from his necklace he's wearing. And it's like this weird key. It looks like, um, I don't know, like a plug-in for like a electric guitar or something. Oh yeah. <laughs> like come some kind of like, tubular like plug-in like a little screw with like spikes yeah like a little yes more like something like that so um he's so the bomb's off ewan's like where's my fucking money so ian's like you should be happy with what i'm giving you a free life so he's just breaking all these deals he like sets this up he tells he's gonna give these guys money he says uh, you know what i mean and then he's like oh you don't get your money you don't get your money i'm taking all the money i'm dipping out right now and ewan's like not a dude that i would want to be like fucking with right now also. hell no <laughs> like- oh hell no so 
Um, uh, so he's, yeah, he's mad with power. All right, so um, back on the island, Steve Austin is alive. Or, you know, not on the island, but, like, back on the canyon where they were at before. Mm-hmm. So did you see that shit coming? He wasn't even fucking dead, dude. <laughs> this is so obvious that he was not dead. Dude, he lived. <laughs> he was floating there, and everyone cried. Mm-hmm. Um, did you forget about him already? He washed up on the shore of the river, and he's all bloody and bruised. Um so then there's this short scene where Breck tries to talk to Julie, but she's like, don't touch me. And then Breck leaves the bomb ankle on the table next to her, which is like important later on. But the whole thing was just kind of like, okay, now she's got the bomb ankle moving on. Right. So outside, Ewan asks one of the guards for a smoke. Um, Ewan, right. The bad guy. So yeah. then he, uh, well, they're both bad guys. Uh, he says he deserves one after the day he's had. And then as the he punches the guard as he pulls out the lighter and slits the other one's throat, uh, he knocks out the guard outside of the control room. And now, the main event, the moment we've all been waiting for, Ewan busts in there and kills every last one of those mean, mean control room people. Eddie's crying and screaming like a baby. <laughs> the whole time. It's so <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> he dies last, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, Ewan's like... <laughs> He's like, shut up, you ugly bitch. <laughs> shut the fuck up, you ugly bitch. I'm like, dude, this shit is fucking whack. Like, this is. So bad. And here's the thing. This is a really disturbing scene, but I don't give a fuck. Fuck these people. Yeah, because they Honestly, all suck. Yeah, they're the people I want to watch get tortured the most. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's horrible. Everyone's getting gunned down. It's helpless. They're like in this closed off room. Um, but, you know, they're bad guys. Unarmed. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, we like to watch this suffering happen. Like, are we not the condemned? <laughs> so. <laughs> like maybe Donna's right. Uh, yeah, really big thing. Got my gears a turning. Don't know. Big if true. So Jack is in the control camp now too, uh, like the outside area where the control tower is and everything. Um, and he he almost grabs like, one of the guns that the guards dropped that Ewan attacked about the cigarette a few minutes ago. So he's like following his path. You know, he's like coming up behind him. But then um, Luke Pegler stops him and he's like, "Not so fast, redneck." Um, and Ian's there too, and he's like, uh, thanks for the show. And Jack says, the show ain't over. I'm killing you, Stone Cold. So, and then Luke's, uh, he looks at Luke, and he's like, I'm killing you too, sweetheart. And he's like, yeah, whatever, you fucking hillbilly. Like, he gets really bummed out about it. He's like, yeah, well, yeah. Uh, so then Jack jumps up and knocks Luke's gun away. And see, he triggered him with that sweetheart line, got him caught off guard. That's how you gotta do it. And so then um, he shoots Luke Pegler in the chest like three, four times. So he's like dead as fuck. He's done. So then he takes off after Ian. Uh, back in the control room, <laughs> Eddie is like holding Bella's dead body. And <laughs> it's the funniest thing on the whole planet. I love that. I'm like, okay. And he's like, oh, <gasps> like crying over her fucking dead ass body. And then Ewan asks Eddie, he, uh, he's like, um, oh, he asked Eddie if he li- he asks, asks Eddie if he likes watching all this, and Eddie starts crying and he says, "I'm sorry." What the fuck? And so then I know. So then Ewan uh, kills him. So it's a long, good riddance. Shoots him. Okay, but Julie was there all along. She was just like in the back by where the door is. So it's like he came in and shot everybody, and then she was behind him, like hiding or like cowering. Um. So then and then so then he walks up to Julie, uh. But then who walks up behind Ewan? It's Stone Cold Steve Austin. But I'm like, isn't there only one entrance into this room? Like, how is this, how's this little turnaround thing going? You know what I mean? Well, yeah, but he was, his, Ewan's back was always, like, to the door. Right. And then 
Oh, so like, you think he like turned, turned to the side oh, of so, the room? And so then he like, how did would you how would you describe it? He like turned around, but it's like a you walk around his like right side. Well, I feel like no, I feel like Ewan just turned to like the left. Yeah, where Julie was, and then oh, and then he he just then just Jack just like snuck up behind him right through, in, that through the doorway. Yeah, for sure, that's right. I think you're right. Um. Uh, so, and he's got a gun in Ewan's back, so Ewan drops his gun, and Jack tells him to sit. Um, and then, I like this next little bit of dialogue, so we're gonna play it. It's short. It's just a short little clip, so. Yeah, I like this part, too. You like this part, too? Mm-hmm. Take it easy, Yank. I didn't volunteer for this. No one got nothing they didn't deserve. I certainly didn't want to fight you. Bullshit. It's not bullshit. The military, they sent me to every hellhole on this fucking earth. Just to do their killing. Then they disowned me. Four years in an African prison. Taken out the arse twice a day by the fucking natives. That's bullshit. Sounds like you've had a hard life. Good thing it's over. No, I, I only, I only included one gunshot. Well, so that scene, it, it goes on along. He's like, bam, 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 bam. Yeah. I just like didn't think that people needed to hear like aggressive gunshots, like with no audio cue at all. You know, fair enough. Because like, f- well, you don't even know what he's shooting at. Like, he's shooting around the room. Yeah. So I was like, one, we'll leave it at that. One gunshot. <laughs> Ewan's dead, right? So, well, the reason I wanted to play that part. You probably noticed this too, that it's kind of like drawing a parallel between those two characters, you see, because mm-hmm. they both were like um, foreign prisoners, like b- abandoned by their their uh, government, and that, you know, they were hired to do these government killings, and then they got disowned and left in foreign prisons. But I think we're supposed to see how, like, just because that happens to you doesn't mean you have to be a bad person and, like, kill all these people. But I guess, like, I'm kind of like, what? Like, you're supposed to just be a good patriot, even when, like, the u.s government doesn't have your back yeah like i don't know like why would you be like it's like almost like the lesson is like be a good person and be loyal to your country when the country's not loyal to you Mm -hmm. i don't know so but at the end of the day like ewan shouldn't have killed and tortured all those people like that was just wrong so regardless what happened to him like yeah that was kind of probably kind of loud and um but yeah uh steve austin is absolutely right jack's right he's like you must have had a hard life it's like definitely sarcastic as fuck Mm -hmm. so ewan's dead julie runs out of the room Jack runs out of the room too. Ian's getting on the helicopter, like on a cliff, right? And He's uh, like booking it up the cliff. It's so hype. So Jack has two su- like submachine guns, like dual submachine guns, and he just starts like unloading them at the helicopter. And his f- arms look fucking huge, and he's crazy. And um, uh, so he fucks up like the tail spinny part of the helicopter, like the back part. And um, the pilot is like they're f- losing it, but then the pilot gets it like stabilized, and they start flying off again. Um, but then, then just then, Julie shows up, and she's got the bomb anklet. So she pulls the pin, right? This is, like, where they're, like, this is where they really team up. She pulls the pin, hands it to Jack, who throws it into the helicopter. Well, she pulls the pin that, like, was used to unlock it, and then Jack pulls the 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 red pin that, like, oh. has the timer. Yeah, what that's does like, she need the key for, though? Well, she took out the key because that was the one that, it had the key in it, right? Because he like got right. I remember at the. I remember she has the key. 
Yeah, she. But then she she kept she kept it to like give it to him so he could unlock his own. You know. Oh yeah yeah okay so she gives him that's that's huge so she gives him the key whatever all right so I think that I think yeah 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 okay yeah right gotcha so she um she pulls the pin and then hands it to Jack he throws in the helicopter lands on the seat next to Breck boom. <laughs> And he was struggling yeah. to like try to grab it. It oh, was like, so no! funny. And then boom, it explodes. So bye, bye. And he, the helicopter just like runs into a cliff too. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. Explodes. It blows up yeah. and like, yeah. Psh, yeah, like yeah. goes into a cliff. Yeah. That shit was fucking crazy, man. So, um, so, right. So then here on the cliff, Julie gives Jack the key to the bomb on his ankle. Mm-hmm. So, and they both smile a little. And she walks away. And they just don't say anything to each other that no, whole it, time. That was like their like little silent, like, there you go. Yeah. So, right. Okay. Final fucking moment of the film. This is huge. <laughs> Back in Texas. Okay, this shit pissed me off. <laughs> Listen. So someone is driving up, driving Jack up Sam or Sarah's driveway. And then as they drive by, we, they show us the mailbox, and it says 4670 on it. I'm like, what is that? Yeah, why did they show that? We already know it's Sarah's house, because we got like a similar wide shot earlier mm-hmm. of the ranch. So it's like, oh, yeah, Sarah's house. But then I'm like, what is that mailbox? Like, oh, 4670, yeah. that's Sarah's address. Like, I don't fucking know her address. I'm not part of this shit. I've never, I, you didn't tell me it. You, you got to tell me this shit. So then it's like, are we as an audience member supposed to like know that that's Sarah's address, Sarah's house? I don't know. Um these numbers have not come up in the movie before. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so Sarah runs outside. Jack gets out of the car. They lock eyes. Roll credits. And that's the fucking <laughs> end of the movie. Um, right, so like we got what we wanted all along was for Sarah and Jack to reunite, but it's like I didn't even really care. Yeah, about them. So Weird. did you feel like, um, since we're on this moment, did you feel like Jack even really went anywhere as a character from the beginning of the movie to the end? Like, No, I mean, he was definitely, like, generally steady and, like, quiet. Static, and, yeah. Yeah, he just... Well, like, his situation changes. Like, in the beginning, he's in a prison, and the end, he's, like, back in Texas. But, like, him... Like, he doesn't have any personal growth. I yeah, like. there's no, like, character development in terms of him. He just, like, no. fights till the end. Yeah, and then yeah. he's back and, like, with his lady. Right, and when he calls her, he, like... It's like, sorry, girl, I got all this money for yeah. you. Like, it's just like this kind of Mary Sue character. Like, there's mm-hmm. nothing really going on for him. Weird. Yeah. I don't know. Kind of weird. So I have a couple um, uh, IMDb reviews, like user reviews mm-hmm. that I'm going to read, that mm-hmm. I'd like to read. Would you like to hear them? Yeah. Um, okay, okay. So the first one I have is um, like a bad review, right? <laughs> Someone who gave it. All right, so it goes... The title is Shameful, Upsetting, Misguided. One out of ten stars. Written by Eddie Clayton on December 7th, 2007. So, all right. I'll just get into it. He watched this. All right. So, I watched this film with both my companion and I expecting big laughs at ridiculous ultraviolence and memorable one-liners. In short, I expected it to be a good old American action movie. Even a tiny bit of flag-waving would have been amusing in a knowingly awful sort of way. What we instead witnessed was diabolical a stereotype-enforcing, misogynistic, impotent, unoriginal tripefest. After infinite, infinite, hideously cruel beatings, inferred acts of rape, attempted rape, and pseudo-sadistic violence, there was no feeling of satisfaction, no desire for the bad guy to get what's coming. All I wanted to do was turn it off. The characters 
ate the characters, a corpulent bearded German named Helmut, a Mexican named Paco, and a South London antagonist who constantly referred to the protagonist as Yank. Aren't even enjoyable caricatures. Unless this is the world's best joke, it may be the world's worst film. Damn. I don't necessarily agree with all that. I did, um, I appreciate the fact that he also noticed that it so- felt like like there's some flag waving going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, well, he even says, even a tiny bit of flag waving would have been amusing, like in a knowingly awful sort of way. I think like a lot of these action movies, especially a lot of these WWE movies, kind of pull that card a lot. Um, yeah, so that was like, I wanted to get like, somebody's opinion on the far side because i think i fall somewhere in the middle because i'm gonna read an eight out of ten star review okay um but yeah i think i fall somewhere in the middle between like one and eight you know what i mean like, yeah 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 that's okay so this one is like okay so it's called good <laughs> flick um it was written by suicidal underscore resistance so you already know what's, oh, go- what's coming um so uh, yeah eight out of ten stars good flick uh he wrote this on sip or they wrote this i don't know who it is if it's a man or woman it's a dude it's pretty clearly a dude, um, on September 23rd, 2007. So he says, this is definitely not the worst movie, he says in quotations, worst movie I've ever seen. I swear to God, if I see one more person say something as ignorant as that, they deserve a, in quotations, you are dumb award. Uh, Steve Austin delivers a not good, but not bad performance in this flick. Agreed. Um, I do indeed, I do indeed, <laughs> I do indubitably, uh, I do indeed, uh, indeed agree that this movie and story as well was taken from the running man which i didn't look up i'm not really familiar with that movie or another film which i currently do not remember the name of battle royale maybe maybe um the film delivers great action sequences a slightly disturbing and uncomfortable rape scene right there is where all the credibility was lost slightly it it, wait the film delivers a slightly disturbing uncomfortable rape scene boy why are you trying to get that delivered for you yeah Mm mm-mm and uh, quite a few nifty explosions. Nifty. <laughs> just three really nifty things. Action, rape, explosions. So the condemned is truly what humanity is slowly becoming, fueling our sick desires through violence and more violence, death and gore, the usual process of mankind. I'm like, bro, you've lost it. Like, this is not, this cheesy-ass fucking fake-ass, like, makes-no-sense-legally movie is not what humanity is becoming. Yeah. Sorry. Um, I think that's feeding into something in your mind that's like us has a sick desire. I don't really know there. So then he says the movie starts out a bit slow, slightly corny, but it picks up. I was pleased to see that they gave Steve Austin's character a bit of an attitude and a bit of humor. The jumpy, gritty effects of the camera gives the fight sequences a more realistic feel to the movie as you're sitting there watching it with the volume turned up. In some parts, you want to cheer, in other parts, you feel disgusted. Cheer. I know. Also, I love because like everyone in the reviews is like the fucking shaky cam, the action sucks yeah. ass, and then this guy's like the jumpy, gritty effects of the camera give the fight sequences more realistic feel. I'm like, hell yeah, <laughs> okay, two different opinions, man, or an uninformed one. So, uh, love to hate, hate to love. That's what this movie has in store for viewers. And then he says, WWE's See No Evil, reviewed in episode two. Go on back if you haven't listened to it yet. Um, was a bit of a flop. So I'm pleased to see that they regained... Honestly, I like that movie more than this one. Holy shit. There's a huge fucking spider on the ground. I don't want to kill it. I kind of like spiders. Uh, Yeah, I don't want to kill it either, but I don't like them close. So I'm pleased to see that they regained some of their dignity through this good film. 
I would recommend it for the gritty action fans. Enjoy, watch, cheer, be disgusted most of all. Remember, there are people that are actually like this in our world. What? No, there isn't. <laughs> so, uh, when the movie aired on TV, uh, oh, these are, I got some IMDb trivia. I do these at the end, too. Okay. Did you want to hear some IMDb yes. trivia? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, uh, the movie was aired on TV. When it was aired on TV, it was rated TVPG. Really? Yeah. TVPG LSV. I don't know what LSV is, but it's TVPG. Jeez. Well, I was kind of thinking about it. Like, the movie's pretty tame overall. The graphic parts could be edited out. They're just, like, these quick cuts here and there. You know what I mean? And just, like, bleep out the swear words. And other than that, it's pretty tame. It's, like, plot-wise, there's not a lot of graphicness to it. You know what I mean? Right, right. Um, Except for people being set on fire. Yeah. Well, right. That's pretty fucked up. (laughs) No, I don't. It should have been 14 or something. M.A., maybe. Um, So, Steve Austin was originally offered the part that Vinnie Jones plays. Vinnie Jones is Ewan's character. Um... But after WWE decided to make uh, the movie, because originally it was just like a script, like a spec script, um, when WWE bought the movie, they decided to uh, give Steve Austin the lead role. okay. Because he's a wrestler. Excuse me. Did you feel like... Ja- oh, we already went there. We talked about how it was a fucking static bullshit. Final thoughts on the film. Uh, I'll go first. Final thoughts on the film. I like it. I think it's kind of... <clears throat> uh, no, actually, I kind of thought it was pretty fucking boring. It's way too long. Should have been about twenty minutes shorter. Um, so yeah, uh, if you were go ahead, do you have any final thoughts? Well, I mean, I feel like I would watch it again just to see like what more like bullshit I can pick up on it. But oh yeah, that's like my favorite part about watching them over and over. Yeah, but other than that, it wasn't like very attention grabbing. It was just like continuing and continuing and more fighting yeah i know well uh, yeah all the fighting was i think it was because it was filmed so lame like there none of the punches land and shit yeah 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 so okay so then also on this show since everyone's joining us for the first time no the people well you are but um so um we rate the movies on a zero to five scale okay we do an average of our two scores Mm -hmm. um each episode it's rated out of a diff. It's not stars. Each episode's different. So this episode we're rating it zero to five explosive death anklets. That's cool. So, uh, what would you rate the movie The Condemned out of zero to five explosive death anklets? Probably a three. A three. Yes, three explosive death anklets. All right. Well, I'd give it a two. So, that's two and a half. Yeah. Okay. Um. Well. That's all I have. That's where we. F- that's where we wrap it up. Is that's what people stay for? That's the big finale. Is um what we rate the movie. This is like what everyone comes for. Good luck. This is this is two hours of waiting to find out. You can't skip to the last few minutes. You can't. You can't do that. So, thanks for joining us again. If um it would be really cool if you liked if you listen to this whole fucking thing, then it'd be cool if you would rate and review and subscribe on iTunes. Super cool. It's also on SoundCloud. Same thing. Look up. SoundCloud forward slash Monday Movie Night Raw. Um, cool. You can always email the podcast. I'd love to get emails from people to get their feedback. Um, you, and I would even read the emails on the on, on uh, air if people wanted me to. Um, that's mmnrpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for coming on, Ayana. Thanks for having me, Miles. Sure, no problem. <laughs> Is there anything you wanted to plug or no? You can say no. No. Okay, cool. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Have a good one.
Yeah. Catch us next week. Bye.